Welcome to episode 232 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. And today's episode is long overdue. Uh, we're about three weeks out, are we, from the last one? I think that's about right. It's the longest break we've taken since, I think, your trip to uh, Europe. Yeah, so apologies about that. Um, hopefully we're back on track now. And um, hey, this is Texting. <laughs> <laughs> are you ready? You done? Are you done yawning? Oh, I, I don't know why I'm, I, I was, I, I had an, a night of alcohol tonight. Actually, you know what? I think I'm going to actually give up alcohol. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, it does seem to be the the thing that when, as I get more healthy, then I have some alcohol and it just kind of nudges me in the other direction. Yeah. So, um, and it's, I don't, it's not like I'm getting really drunk or really wasted. Even just a, a couple of drinks will then make me eat like three times more <laughs> because it get, makes you a little bit, a little bit more merry, you know, a little bit happier. And then you're hungover and, and uh, the next morning you're feeling sluggish, right? Yeah, so I, I was reading this blog. I can't remember what the name of it was, but it was this guy who's saying how he just completely changed his life around, like he was in a really bad state. And the way that he did it was he kicked he kicked one habit at a time. Yeah, and he didn't focus on anything else. So first of all, he said, "Right, I'm just going to give up coffee." So he spent a month giving up coffee and nothing else. He didn't care about anything else. And then he's like, "Okay, now I'm going to give up alcohol." Spent a month giving up alcohol, and then he said, "Right, my next habit is I'm going to spend a month exercising a bit every day." Mm-hmm. So that that was the approach that he did, and he said, as long as you, he said, the way that he managed to do it, you know, now it's like five years later, and he's like right. really, really healthy. And uh, he said it was just because he did it one habit at a time. Yeah, I find that's easier to do when I try and change things. I know whenever I'm trying to get, if I've fallen off the wagon in terms of fitness or yeah. whatever, I, I I don't like. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna change my diet, and I'm gonna start exercising like crazy. I'll start like get. I'll start like let me get the momentum going and, and going to the gym, right? Yeah. You know, I, instead of 20 minutes on the cardio and then 30, then 40 or whatever, and then on up to an hour or whatever, and then lifting weights, I'll do it for 20 minutes and then I, I get more and more serious. And then, but after a few weeks of lifting weights and, and going to the gym more seriously, then I'm like, and then I make some progress, right? I lose a couple pounds. Yeah. I start feeling a little better. Then I go, well, I don't want to eat that. Right, like I don't want to eat this. Like I made a bunch of progress, right? Yeah, I'm not yeah, gonna, yeah, that makes that, sense. That equals like three hours on the elliptical or something. I'm not going to do that. So, <clears throat> I, I I use it sort of as sort of a bootstrap mm-hmm. method, right? You kind of bootstrap your way in. You know, I mean, I'm sure there's some people who can cold turkey and they like, okay, I'm going to go to bed at ten o'clock at night. I'm not going to smoke anymore. I'm not going to eat any. I'm not going to eat unhealthy food. I'm not, I'm going to cut out soft drinks. I'm not going to drink alcohol. I'm not going to. You know, and that would be tough. Right. I mean, I imagine in that case, it has to people who it ha- it would, you'd have to like hit rock bottom, like have near death experience where a doctor says you're going to die in six to months. To just get off everything. And you, and not only that, but then you have people in your life who are like there to sort of keep you yeah. on the straight and narrow. But yeah. uh, it'd be tough. Well, I mean, <laughs> to, actually, you're talking about uh, doing like an hour's worth of exercise there. So recently, um, very recently, I got, I got the basis watch. I don't know if, uh, whether you guys listen to the show have heard of this, but basically mybasis.com. It was a Kickstarter campaign, um, but now it's like it, it's a project that's out there. So basically you buy a watch and you wear this watch. It's got like five sensors on it. It's, it's, it 
regularly monitors your heart flow, it monitors the number of steps you take, and it checks your perspiration. And the combination of all of these sensors, it basically tracks you 24-7 and tells you whether you're getting good sleep and how many calories you're burning in a very precise way. And um, just you there talking about like an hour's worth of exercise. So now I've been wearing this thing for a week, I've been looking at calories burnt, right? So I've obviously right. typed in my weight, and it's this is like giving a really clear indication of calories burnt. So... I'm just, I cannot believe how few calories are burned through exercise. Like you really, you really see it. Like, I mean, in action, like I did a, a, I've been doing this half an hour walk every day regularly and I burn about 140 calories or whatever, but I, I, I take it a relatively fast paced. So I decided to do the same thing pretty much just, just below a run. Mm-hmm. And basically, just it just doesn't really change the amount. Of, but the amount of effort involved is like much more. But the amount of calories burnt is not much more. Right. So I burnt basically 150 calories for half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like <laughs> that's why when you're saying, "Well, I'm going for a walk," and I'm like, "Dude, that's what like old people do. Like, you need to like. I mean, it's better than nothing, but you're gonna have to ramp that up and and do a little more if you want to make real progress. And I don't mean you know whatever any other kind of exercise you want, but walking is about the the least um i don't know i don't know what what, what the way to describe it but it, it, it's it's the weakest form of exercise the weakest is the weakest activity is going to qualify as an exercise like, well, okay that's interesting well because a lot because yeah. there's a lot of a lot of studies and statistics out there that show that walking is actually the main thing you know like really important to well, I mean, if you if, if you just if you just sit your ass on the couch all yeah. day, yeah. But I mean, compare that to going for a run or riding a, you know, going on a cycling trip or, or doing a CrossFit exercise or any of that. I mean, it just doesn't even come close. Look at this: three thousand four hundred steps taken, one hundred and fifty calories burned. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good. See, I think I think numbers are really important because it, it it holds you to account because it's so easy to fool yourself yeah. into thinking oh you know I'm I'm getting fit I'm doing this I'm yeah. doing that and it's like well, let's look at the numbers and that's why I like lifting weights you go in there and it's like okay well how much can you bench press why well, do this I can bench press this and it's like well I'm I'm working out hard I'm going to the gym three times a week and then six months later I'm like how much you bench press I'm like that's the same you were doing six months ago I'm like clearly you're not pushing well there has hard to enough. be a plateau right. I mean, what, well, you can't bench press a thousand, can you? No, but I mean, at a certain point, I'm talking people like, you know, I mean, you're not getting remotely close to your the limitations of your physical ability, yeah. right? You know, and uh, I'm just saying that it the weights don't lie. Yeah, they are. They are the they are hardcore reality. Right. You know, you can be like, well, I sweated a lot or I did this much time. It's like they don't lie. Mm. And and that's why I like this, too. And that's why I also tell, you know, if you want to lose weight. The first one of the first things you want to do is is, is every day uh, weigh yourself in the morning and uh, and put it into a spreadsheet and in, in, in the graph. And every day, every day you go, well, I'm not doing I, I'm either doing enough. So if you see like, well, I'm losing a pound a week, or I'm losing two pounds a week and you say, well, whatever I'm doing, it's working. And it gives you a lot of confidence to keep doing it. If two or three weeks go by and you're like, I haven't done anything. Clearly, you're not you're either eating too much or not working out. Hard what, enough. Oh, if two weeks go by. Yeah, uh, you know, give because, or take. I mean, one week you can, you know, you have you have two or three pounds of water weight variability. Because I was telling you about the hacker's diet, right, and, mm-hmm. and that great way that he explained the whole thing and how um, basically the amount of the amount of weight going into us every day is around about ten pounds, right? So we've got ten pounds variance of food and water sure. going into our system, but the maximum <laughs> we're going to lose is usually like a quarter of a pound, kind of thing, in any day. I mean, that's even okay. a maximum, okay. probably like a, a fifth of a pound, unless. Unless you're doing those adventure races, yeah, far adventure right. races, in which case you probably lose a lot more. Okay, but yeah. so so like there's, I mean, ten pounds coming in, but like 
a fifth of a pound maximum loss up or down. Like, how are you going to even see that from day to day weighing? That's the reason why he developed a spreadsheet that you based moving, on moving based average. on trading algorithms, right? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Is that what he said? He said yeah, it was on trading algorithms. Yeah, based on tra- trading algorithms. Yeah. So, but and uh, for anyone who doesn't know about it, just Google the hacker's diet. It's great. It's really really good. I mean, it makes it it makes the concept of dieting very clear. Like it it just breaks it down. You know, it's just energy in, energy out kind of. Are you still adhering to it? I I have I have been trying to. I mean, I. You know, like as always, I'm sure the listeners are incredibly frustrated with my lack of progress on this issue. Mm. This the weight loss is my app ignite. Mm. <laughs> that I, I never, that I never released it. Yeah, basically, it's just like this thing that I keep on doing, and I just can't do it. Mm. I just can't get it right. But um, well, it's just, it's just you just drop fall off the wagon every three. Yeah. Weeks. You do it for like three or four weeks, and it then you sucks, fall off the wagon. So it sucks. But anyway. Um, I'm hoping that this this basis thing, I mean, just looking at these numbers here every day. I'll tell you another really interesting thing, right? We we cleaned up the house for my for my mom, obviously, when she was coming over. So we spent like three or four hours cleaning, just doing stuff. Burnt 500 calories more that day than going on three really long walks. Mm, really? <laughs> yeah. What's that about? So doing house cleaning? Yeah. House well, there cle- you go. I think, I, well, I think uh, <laughs> Georgie now has an ace up her sleeve. Right. Hey, hey, fat boy. <laughs> Get that vacuum cleaner. <laughs> nice. I nice. uh, just, uh, yeah, I'd be careful of uh, Georgie getting a hold of that information. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah, going to be like, don't, don't mention you know, I, I don't think you're uh, less to weight this week. You know, there's dishes. Yeah. A lot of dishes <laughs> on the counter. I think it really be clean. Pots and pans. Yeah. Well, um, that's cool. So I, I just want to ask you about the, the, the actual watch thing. Yeah, it was, sure. There was a Kickstarter project. It was all sold out, so you had to buy it off eBay. You know, I say it was a Kickstarter project, but I don't actually know for sure. Um, the reason why I think it was is because when I, when I go onto their website, it, it just kind of has that impression of they seem like a young startup. Like, oh, and okay. I feel like they came from from that kind of an area. What's it called? The what? Basis. Basis. So you yeah. can't buy it now. Well, uh, basically, their their production run is like they're they're just not keeping up, so they're out. So you go to the website and you try and buy it, and it's just not available. And actually, it was a five month wait for the guy. The guy I bought it from waited Jeez. five months for his. So I bought it for it's one hundred ninety nine bucks on their site, but I bought it for three hundred and fifty bucks by ebay because i really wanted to do it well i mean look <laughs> it, it let me ask you this is it is it working i mean for you i mean is it helping you do more exercise or eat less or whatever it's actually it's interesting because um well if you look at the little insights chart right here and we can edit this out if it takes too long but look so for example friday this is what i did habit okay so points result okay resting heart rate steps you took 9787 steps you burned 2130 calories well, actually, I haven't fully synced that, so it's probably going to be more like 2,600. Okay, you slept six hours and 55 minutes. Quality. Oh, so they rate your sleep? You had yeah. 60, yeah, a quality, what, one to 100? Yeah. So why was your quality not high? I don't know. I guess I was just tossing and turning. Have a look at the night before, the, the day before here. Okay, so you took 5,836 steps. Yeah. You burned 2,873 calories. Activity was two hours and 17 minutes. What does that mean? Means that the amount of time I was doing, doing being active rather than sitting on my so your butt, heart rate was above a certain yeah. threshold. I, I I guess they they just because I, I don't know how they do the, the heart rate was above a certain a certain threshold because I guess everyone's heart rate's different. Like my resting heart rate is around fifty to 40, forty five to fifty, which it's pretty low considering how to shape you are. Yeah, right? I know it's kind of, it's weird. Wow, my heart's like go go. It's like some yeah. board ship. <laughs> and they slept six hours and forty five minutes. Quality eighty five. Sounds like you're probably not sleeping enough. 
Uh, yeah, th- uh, that is some. So, so then you go into this habit section. So I'm going to show you right now. This is cool. So in the habit section, I've got the habit of get more sleep. So I've failed on Wednesday, Tuesday, and fr- uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I st- I've given myself a target of trying to get eight hours sleep, and I just really have not been able to. It's not even close. Yeah, no, <laughs> you suck at getting sleep. Yeah, go really, to bed. I really do. What are you do- What are you doing at night? Yeah. I, I'm Quit just tweeting. Working. Are you tweeting? I'm working. I'm working. You need to dial it back. <laughs> okay, but the one thing that I have been good at is is wearing the watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. So I've got I've got three days of passing that habit. I've worn the watch for three consecutive days. Well, congratulations on that one. Okay, um, consistent bedtime. What does that mean? You just you just set that up. But, on but I, I set this up. This this actually it didn't measure it correctly. So um, if I synced it up now, I probably would lose that. That. So what time are you supposed to go to sleep? Uh, I said, um, I said, try and go to sleep by 11 p.m. That's that's aggressive. Yeah. I mean, if you 11:30 would well, if you need yeah. to get eight hours, then you probably need to go to bed 11. Because, but it's kind of cool because your own little experiment, right? So you just leave this thing on. I mean, I don't have to tell it, oh, I'm going to sleep now, or I'm going out. It like it knows all that. That's fantastic. And it just puts all this puts all this information up. Another thing that's kind of cool is, um, let's say this activity that I was showing you there before, right? Mm-hmm. So this this is the one where I did 3,400 steps. So I can go in and have a look at the details of that. And you can see... And by the way, Trevor, we're looking at a website. So so your watch is what, Bluetooth? No, it's uh, you, it's, it's, synced, it's synced with... Um, you plug it in every day. You plug it in and line to a sync. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I can click onto, uh, for example, heart rate, right? So okay. there's this during this, uh, you know... Uh, 30 minute exercise you can see exactly like how many calories you're burning every minute mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what the heart rate was every minute yeah. okay Pretty now easy. but this thing doesn't have your weight on it that's something that you would need to do you separately. enter your weight into the system and okay then, so, so you need so to you weigh yourself. keep track you keep, keep track are you doing yeah. that yeah, yeah weighing yourself every morning yeah but but basically it doesn't have a chart about plotting your weight it just uses your weight to calculate your calories burned based off your uh, your skin temperature um, your heart flow. Well, I mean, because if you have a graph of your weight, and then you can look in here and you go, okay, yeah, my weight has not fluctuated. I have not lost anything in three yeah. weeks, yeah, and uh, I'm doing so many calories, so I need to bump up the calories another few hundred a day, right? Yeah. So they're, they're letting me add other other habits, which I could I could try and do. So like a morning lap. And by the way, these people are very big proponents of walking. Like they do say that walking is like one of the one of the key ways of uh, really changing your health. Okay. So they're like an afternoon lap. Uh, a move it, uh, torch more calories. These are all the different goals. And they have like different sleep goals and they have doing goals. Consistent bedtime, get more sleep. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the, the walking is a good foundation. It's the base, right? right? right. But at, at some point you're going to like, you need to go over to the, the, the cardio machine and do 20 minutes of intervals well, and really crank out three, three or 400 because, calories. Well, the reason why I want to do that is because I never would normally, but actually, okay, here's an interesting thing. There's a little ma- on the watch. There's a little man on the bottom, uh-huh. right? And he starts off on the left hand side during the day, uh-huh. and on the right hand side, it means that he he's going up this thermometer, and it means you've done ten thousand steps. Okay. So I'm looking at this the watch, and I'm like, oh, the little man didn't move. So I'm gonna walk. I gotta walk. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta walk. Gotta walk. So I go out and walk, and then it, like I'm I look back at the watch. Oh, it's only halfway. I've got to go out and walk. So so that's making me actually do stuff that I wouldn't normally do because Good. there's this this thing, right? But also, 
You have a, you have a physical <laughs> nag. What was that like in websites? You have like a nag pop up nag. If you ever right. paid for software, this is a nag on your wrist. So it's it's really annoying to not do ten thousand steps because the, because then you feel like you you're a failure. You have like a big frown face on it. This would be like <laughs> it should, it should, it should look at you with a face and frown and just shake its head. Like, oh nah. god, you really you should have done uh, <laughs> that. Was weak. You just did two thousand steps. Oh, you weak. suck. Um, but then it has the numbers. Like I kind of want to make it so that the, the calories burned are a lot. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm going to start doing much more hardcore exercise. That's good I think. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so well, that's that. Cool. Welcome to the future. Yeah. So that is uh, mybasis.com for anyone who wants to uh, check it out. And um, you know what I was going to say is when's micro microconf? It's like in a couple weeks, isn't it? Yeah. Where? Uh, I know that um, Sam Howley's going. Yeah. Right. He didn't we interview Sam? Wasn't he the first interview Query we did? Cell? Yeah, we interviewed him. He was the first interview we did. Was the show? It was like episode two or three or something. Was he before um, Pelty? I believe so. Oh, okay. I don't know. It was it was very early, and cool. uh, I don't know. I'll be get the update on Query Do we Cell. did we ever meet Sam at Microconf? No, I don't think he's ever been. I mean, okay. he lives in Australia, right? All right. So this is going to be our first. That's time a big meet. trip. Yeah. Um, well, that'll be cool. I mean, that's one of them. You know, my favorite parts of Microconf is the, all the listeners we get to meet in person uh-huh. and hang out with. Yeah. You know, I mean, not that the talks are interesting, and it's, and of course, it's great to talk to uh, Rob when he actually has a minute to talk. But, in, um, I really like meeting listeners. That's like it's almost like a it's like the Texing Summit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, which is which is cool. So, yeah, cool. So, what do you remember? What the date is um, for MicroConf? No, you have to look it up. It's it's like the. It's like the last day of, I'm just looking at it right two of April or something, first couple of days of May or something. Uh, April, 29 to 30, April 29th to 30 in Las Vegas. Okay. Yeah. So, like so it really is coming up pretty soon. Yeah. It's, a, it's two weeks from Monday. Great. So, um, yeah, uh, I was thinking, you know, speaking of the future. Go on. Want to talk future for Yeah, me? sure. So um, there's, a, let's see if I get the link to this. So NASA is working on this fusion driven rocket or FDR, mm. which would allow us to get to Mars in 30 days as opposed to eight months, which is what it took. Uh, what was it? Uh, I don't remember. Endeavor or whatever. Curiosity, whatever the last probe was that we sent. Wow. Which is a big deal because, I mean, obviously sending humans, putting humans in, a, in, in some kind of a spaceship for 30 days and protecting them from all the radiation that they're going to be exposed to is a big deal. Feeding mm-hmm. them and yeah, all that kind of stuff for eight months is a big deal. Big deal. Thirty days, yeah, I think you can do. So much. I mean, it's you know, it's, you still got to protect. It's still they're still going to, uh, uh, you know, receive a certain amount of. It's radiation. a big win. It's a big win, and uh, it's kind of interesting. They 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 said that they they I guess they won some grants or something. This particular project, and that they could, um, they could get it up ready by two thousand twenty. But if they, put, if they put more money into it, at the current rate, but if they put more money into it, they could have a spaceship ready much sooner. <laughs> and that they're going to have a prototype ready in 18 months. And this is just at the, like, the small scale. I mean, this at the, you know, we have a few scientists working on this in a project. What's the, what's the technology? I mean, what's the, it's, the thing? Um, I'll just read it. It says, um, the proposed fusion-driven rocket is a 150-ton system that uses magnetism to compress lithium or aluminum metal bands around a deuterium and tritium fuel pellet to initiate fusion. The resultant microsecond reaction forces the propellant mass out at 60 kilograms per sec- kilometers per second and would be able to pulse every minute or so and not cause G-force damage to spacecraft's occupants. Um, what about slowing down? Yeah, so it takes, they, it would, it would um, 
it would fire for three days straight yeah. and it would just coast and then would fire for three days in the opposite direction to slow down. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And, and because it's only 150 ton, I guess it would require, it would, it would require a lot less. That's lighter than if we had a, uh, an actual chemical rocket. Yeah. Because, and, and so we would have to, I guess it would be launched from space. So we would have to, um, we've got to get it up rockets, there, get it up there. So, the first place. so there's, so it's going to be like a, We'll use a Skylab to build it. It's going to be like when you see in, in Enterprise, when you see them building the ship. Stuff in orbit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I wonder how much how, how much bigger SpaceX will need to get before it can take on some of these more advanced projects. I mean, you know, obviously Elon Musk's stated goal is to set up a colony on Mars. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's not he's not messing around about that. And this sounds like a big win. Um now, obviously, the fact that it's nuclear technology is always a hindrance because they're all kind of much more stringent regulations that go with doing anything nuclear. And I think there's been a lot of resistance about doing anything nuclear in space because people are afraid of some sort of um, radiation and stuff. What if the thing crashed back on Earth or, or whatever? Mm. But when you think about it, I mean, how are our, uh, our aircraft carriers powered? Uh, don't know. Nuclear reactors. Oh. How are all our submarines powered? Yeah, they're nuclear. Nuclear. My... Older brother Jay, he was a nuclear submarine officer. That's what he did. He ran the nuclear reactor on one of these attack submarines. Yeah, back so. in the eighties. Yeah. So yeah, so they are. It's not like well, either there's there's the only the, nuclear stuff is limited to you know these missiles and silos somewhere that yeah. is you know that are completely under are monitored and heavily watched, or they're in these um, civilian reactors. Um, but I mean, we have these big ships you know, floating around the ocean, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, if, if that's, if that's acceptable, it. why don't we put something in orbit that can, uh, can actually get this whole interplanetary, interplanetary space travel kickstarted. Yeah. So yeah, agreed. Know, that would be cool. Um, and also the more reason that could be lighter, I guess they were talking about, Oh, two things about it is, so they were going to use, I'm not sure the term for it, but you know how they would use, um, uh, the, you know how they would they would fire around another planet or something, and it would uh, oh they do a slingshot slingshot thing yeah like it doesn't need to do that so it'd be much lighter because it would need the same kind of um, as much um, strong of a hull so or it doesn't something. need to do that because it's just going to fire and just yeah. go straight there yeah so he goes many many space missions use aero braking using the friction of a planet's atmosphere to slow down as a way of saving the propellant. Okay, not slingshotting, but just how they slow down. Yeah. The drive, however, however, is so efficient that aero braking makes little sense, since the weight of the shielding needed for the maneuver is greater than the propellant FDR needs to slow down. Hmm. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, because nuclear is obviously very good when it comes to the amount of energy it can produce. That's right. Well, yeah. it's, it's about, you know, aside from things like you know the speculated antimatter drives or something like that, nuclear is about the best we got and uh the other thing too is the way that it could be run by 200 kilowatts of solar panels which is about the same kind of solar panels the same amount of solar panels that are on the space station to power to power the uh the, the drive that's sending the nuclear pellets down hmm. yeah so which so it could be not solar. much not much be fine pretty cool huh yeah and, th and 30 days really isn't that long but would you be able to come back Sure. I mean, I imagine as long as you had enough. Is it a to trip to death? Like, no, like I don't think anyone. I don't know. <laughs> I guess that one blog post you read talked about that. I think that's the dumbest thing. I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess once you had a colony and infrastructure set up, some people would may move there who are maybe later in their life. And they're like, my kids are grown up. I'm a big I'm a scientist. It's been my dream. I'm, you know, maybe in my late 50s, so I'm still functional for a while. It's not like I'm in my dotage, 
that they might go, but I don't, I don't imagine people in their twenties and thirties would want to, yeah, you know, be marooned on a, on Mars until there's significant infrastructure there. Well, I mean, is there anywhere else that we could, we could inhabit, um, other than Mars? You could set up a base on the moon, I guess, theoretically. I mean, there was, but so Mars is, Mars is the only one that's really within well, distance that we could get to that could, we could turn, do something with. I don't know. I mean, there's, I remember reading speculation about how you might, uh, terraform, um, Venus, just like you might terraform Mars. Right, right. And a lot of the science fiction writers back in the 70s, like Jerry Pornell and stuff, they used to write about that a lot. And a lot was based in science fact. I mean, obviously, there was speculation and, and stuff, but I mean, I don't know how much power would be required to do that. It sounds like it'd be pretty enormous. But they were talking about how they would change the atmosphere with certain types of chemicals and reactions. And then, um, I mean, I guess you could go to some of those moons of, uh, of uh, Saturn or Jupiter, right? Maybe. I mean, who knows? I don't know. Well, I'm not a not an expert on that, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Nice. So, uh, no, you got you said you got a whole bunch of links. I do have a lot of links. Um, did you see the one about the um, the guy uh, Vivek Ramchandran who said my code made it to Hollywood? My code made it into a Hollywood movie. No, it was kind of cool. Uh, basically, it, there's a movie coming out uh, in 2013. White House due uh, White House down due for release. So anyway, so um, they they did some promo videos about it, put it on YouTube for this movie. You know, it's like this big Hollywood blockbuster. And one of the one of the um, scenes is like hacking into the White House government or whatever. And mm-hmm. then it's like the, the camera's panning across the screen and there's some code. And he's like, that's my code. <laughs> it's like <laughs> something he released on GitHub. Really? It's, yeah, some code he released on GitHub uh, to demonstrate the use of raw sockets uh, for writing packet injection. And he's like, that's so cool. So then now he's got this whole blog post kind of explaining why this is his code, proving that it's his code, referencing it to GitHub. So I thought that was very kind of cool. Yeah. That well, makes- I guess it makes sense because it's open source, right? So yeah. they can use it for something like that. Yeah. I thought you'd like that given your script writing endeavors. <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't written anything really. Although I was talking with my buddy, uh, Phil, who we've had on the show a couple of times. You know, he's, he's always, um, you know, talking about, you know, writing and directing and stuff. And he's, he's a actor and he's, uh, you know, that's where his interest lies. Um, in addition to technology. And, um, I've been telling him for a while, like we should just, uh, we should do something. Right. And we, and, uh, actually I have a story to tell about that. So, but you know, in just one second, but so I, you know, I told him, I said, why don't you come out in six months and during the summer, six months from now, We'll do like a long weekend. We'll do like a three-day shoot and let's shoot some like kind of webisode, some like sci-fi webisode of some kind. <laughs> like something that's kind of cool because like there was an article about the guy who wrote Primer. Do you remember that movie? Do you no. see Primer? It's kind of a little space travel. I mean, I'm sorry, a time travel kind of concept. And they, the guy, the way they write and talk, the, the way it's written, the dialogue and the way it's shot, it's similar to All the President's Men. Do you remember that movie with Robert Redford? And- yeah. It doesn't often. Yeah, it's sort of similar to that. It's pretty well done, um, and it's low budget. Who's going to act in it? Oh, I don't know. Get your buddy Mitchell. Mitchell isn't really an actor. He's oh okay. You know. So I've tried to convince him to come out for three days. I'm like, let's just do it, man. Let's just like, I mean, you know, you can do stuff like that. I mean, my, you know, my, but we had my buddy uh, uh, Dan Southworth on. He he was talking about the series um, Divergence that they did. That yeah. actually got some uh, some good um, good reception and uh, and got him some good no- some some brought some attention to him. So what's interesting? Speaking of those two subjects of shooting movies and Dan Southworth, so I I don't know where I was. I was watching a YouTube video and all of a sudden I saw a preview for 
Mortal Kombat Legacy. Mm-hmm. And there's Dan. He's one of the warriors in the Mortal Kombat. I'm like, holy crap. Because like, it was funny. Dan, who we had on the show. Yes, Dan. Yeah. We show. So, and Dan, who used to be, I used to, remember I told you I lived with four yeah. stuntmen? Yeah. Yeah, in this house out in Sherman Oak. So, he was one of them. And uh, so, what's really funny about it is when back in 97, Mitchell and Dan and I and another buddy of ours, Carlton, one of the other roommates spent two days shooting a two minute mortal Kombat fight scene because our other roommate billy was up for being the second unit director for model mortal Kombat the tv series. yeah you mentioned that and you yeah. did it in a cave somewhere or something up at the bat where the bat cave is yeah. on hollywood hill yeah. so we spent two days up we get up there like 8 30 in the morning we shoot all day we shot eight hours of footage we cut that thing on uh, i had 10 megabytes of hard i remember space. you said this on another show and you said that this this kind of was the, the the thing that tempted you most to maybe do the movie business? It was so. It was still to this day. It's a two two of the most fun days of my life. It was right. it was the blast. It was hilarious and it was awesome. And then cutting that thing, we had we had the, I had a thousand dollar like analog like a, a to digital compression board. So you take S video in and would compress it. Yeah. But because I had so little disc, hard disk space, Mitchell. We have the, the the camera plugged in, and I and I'd be like on Adobe Premiere, ready to hit capture. Little button that says capture record, and I'd be like, all right, press play. And like one second go by, right, stop, it's <laughs> record. All right, cool. And we got the clip right, and we kept doing that over and over because we'd have like eight takes on every shot and all yeah. the different angles, and then we cut the whole thing together. Anyway, so when I was watching Dan on this trailer, I'm like, dude, we shot that '97. That you know you as that character essentially in mortal Kombat, it <laughs looked> amazing, like the yeah. same place i mean That's it crazy. looked like up in the same kind of caves i mean yeah. i'm sure it was a different area but it's in california and the desert kind of area it's so funny so we're well, talking about you talking about screenwriting um people would know that if they actually looked at texingwiki.com Oh, geez. Have you checked out TexingWiki.com? I have not. Yeah. So, uh, Philip Monet has very kindly, after the suggestion from the last show, uh, set up a wiki for us and for Texing listeners, which is TexingWiki.com. Please do go there if you're a listener. Register and we'll set you up with uh, right privileges and you can help us write out an, an introduction to Texing. So, now, everything that's in the Texting Wiki right now, when you look at it after this show, you'll see that it's listed what Justin did and what Jason did. So I listed myself first because you know what Jason's the one with the big personality. So I've got to take some breaks when I can. But um, uh, I put down script writing under one of Jason's projects. So. <laughs> right. Well, I, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't have a Lux Surface Area on here. Lux Surface Area is on there at the bottom under famous blog posts. It is. It has. Oh. No, you didn't have that one. Oh, it was meant to be on there. Well, that's because, you know what, I the, the level... It, that's not really do you know what the lux surface area wasn't a great a famous blog post on your part but it's a famous saying as it were meme. It's, it's it's a meme that's been created because mm-hmm. i think that like how i screwed up my google acquisition definitely is your well, top, that's that's your top blog post right you know that my top blog post is about how i did a face plant <laughs> <laughs> and then and then uh, how i'm bootstrapping a startup while raising three kids that was pretty huge too yeah yeah um why i quit algorithmic trading but anyway the, the way that it's presented there right now is is not particularly great i mean it's not the, the, the textingwiki.com I'm talking about. So hopefully some listener who's interested in helping us out. Or could, listeners. Or listeners can like help to structure this in a way that could be good and help new listeners to be interested in the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see how this, this crowd, the crowd 
uh, what's it called? Crowd, not crowdfunding. It's Crowd, just crowdsourcing. Crowdsourcing. Yeah, works. You've never really believed in crowdsourcing, or you didn't think we were ever going to get any donations or any of that kind of stuff, right? I, you know, we got a little bit here and there. I you know, was a little skeptical. So yeah, I'm kind of a skeptic, I guess. Yeah, you're a believer. I probably you your your eye turn off this. Oh, it's going to be a billion dollar idea. <laughs> like, what? oh, talking about billion dollar idea. Your new project, your secret project, which, by the way, I've, I've listed on um, Texting Wiki as Jason's secret project, question mark, question mark, question mark. That is going to make $100,000 out of the gate. I'm telling you, and I know, I know the reason why it is, because I've got your whole marketing strategy set up. I'm ready. I'm going to build the plans and pricing page for it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to direct your whole marketing and your whole launch strategy. And I'm telling you, we're going to get 100 k out of the gate. I'm very excited about it. Well, from your mouth to God's ear. That's my one reaction. That's saying, I don't know what you're smoking, but I want some. <laughs> that would be an amazing launch. So, well, we'll see. So, I tried to, um, we tried to sort of get you using it yeah. last week. And immediately you ran into some bugs and then I fixed them. And then you ran a few more bugs and then I fixed them. And then I ran a few more bugs and I fixed those. And then I had to take a couple of days because I spent so much time on it. I had to take some time and, and work on other stuff. But um, I think it's going to be ready to go Monday. I just have one, two, I mean, I probably Ready have to go for me to test for you to test. On okay, Monday. great. I think okay. I have, I mean, I knocked out all that stuff. Plus I did a lot of other things to make it better. Yeah. And, um, there's one bug where you reported and one thing I found I want to have fixed and then, um, get it going on Monday morning or maybe Sunday night you can set it up. So it'll start kind of in getting gear for you on Monday. Yeah. I think we just like a big part of it is rounding out some of the, just some of the things that it says in the user journeys and just making it feel like, because mm-hmm. it, it's fun. It's functional right now. It's very functional, yeah. but it's not kind of sell selling itself. No. And uh, yeah, not remotely. <laughs> it's <laughs> like the wireframe kind of version of itself. Yeah. Well, that's then that was the whole point, right? <laughs> yeah. Like let's just the whole MVP thing, which was, speaking of is really funny because you're like, well, you got to add this, you got to add that. And I'm like, dude, how is that remotely MVP? <laughs> you know, you're like, well, people are going to want it. And I'm like, see, this, that's what's wrong with you people. And uh, by you people, I mean the world. Right. It's that you say, everybody likes to go, oh, yeah, nod and say MVP, the simplest thing. And the first person you talk to is like, well, you got to do all this stuff. And I'm like, well, like, I get it. We're all preferences. Like, yeah. you got to have all these great preferences. And I'm like, not, and, and my reaction no, is No, you're like, probably right. You're probably right. Not that any of those things are hard, mm-hmm. right? Because you're like, well, that's not hard. I'm like, no, nothing is really hard. But everything is two, three, four hours, you know, getting the, the database interaction and the business logic and, and, well, the, um, well, and the UI and the edge cases and testing. I mean, you know, it just takes it and then laying out the page and making sure it looks, you know, and you give the right, you know, messaging and stuff just to make it work. I mean, it just takes... A little time. So it's like, and you have 20 of those things. Yeah. And happens. then, and then you know, you can see, well, that's what you're describing is not absolute minimal core. It's on par with these other 20 things that well, need to be it, done. See, it's interesting. Like, what is minimal? For example, with Digidoo, right? Um, I've been facing the same problem because obviously it's just me and Udi developing this thing. And there's like now three business people out there selling this thing. And for example, user management, Right. So when we want to get uh, students onto the system, right now, I'm kind of manually using a spreadsheet and putting those users on the system. Right. But for a full solution for the actual school, like the school needs to be able to manage the users, right? That's right. Yeah, you know? But that is a big, it's a big kind of pain in the butt to have to write. So I think some of those preferences that we we had discussed are of that kind of a level where you can kind of get away without it. You know, the product can get away without it, but it's not really the, the proper product without it. If you see what I'm saying, I agree. So, M- so MVP, 
It, it, there's like a, it's like we'll a, call it, let's call it MVP plus. It's like a fuzzy, it's, it's like a fuzzy line. Like what really is MVP? It's a slippery slope. Like is, 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 is Digidoo without user management MVP or actually do you actually need user management for MVP? What do you think? I, you know, I don't, I don't, I'd have to talk more in more depth about the actual use cases. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I mean, MVP, like, it's, not, it's not, it's not, I wouldn't say it's mathematically well-defined in MVP. It's all subjective and it depends on the perspective and anyone's particular understanding of the problem. And, and so any particular user is going to have a different understanding of the product than say the, the whoever's building it because they're going to think of their specific needs. Yeah. You know, right. So, but I would call it, let's, let's, let's call this new category. It's called MVP plus like, you know, you know, like when you go um, to get steaks, you can get. I just discovered it was a couple of the high-end steak places. Yeah. Um, you can get like rare Houston's. and you can get rare. No, he's, no, I'm talking about like SDK or oh, whatever. Really? Like, you know, it costs Super like, yeah. So uh, not that I do a lot of this. I've <laughs> I've been taken to a couple of these places. I go on these and <laughs> seeing I went there on their anniversary. So it's not like I'm doing this every Saturday night. But um, the you can get rare, you know, medium rare, all kinds of rare, and you get rare plus. Rare plus means it's all pink, but it's warm. <laughs> Which is my new thing. Rare plus. So we're going to call this MVP plus. It's like it's a little more than MVP. It's just when you round out a few more of those corners, you know, just a little bit. Okay. So, so with, with, the, with the Digidoo example, MVP plus is when it has the user management. And yeah. MVP is before the user management. MVP, it's like people can use it, but boy, it's, rough, it's a rough ride. MVP plus is like it's still pretty basic, but you get another – it's like after you get another couple quick iterations in there to – Really, I feel like it should be the other way around. I think there should be an MVP minus, right? Okay, and that's right. when that's when people are using it and it's raw. But then MVP is like when it's it's actually a product. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> I mean, you can find whatever you want. I'm just saying, like MVP and MVP plus. So, um, yeah. well, uh, let's. Um, okay, so uh, by the way, I'm happy to tell to talk about did you do uh, at some point? Yeah, I want to talk about did you. I'm trying to think if there's anything. If I, I want, want to, to explain what, it. I want to explain it to listeners so that they can know what it is. Yeah, I, I, I was going to ask you about that, but I just want to just see before we leave the secret project. Yeah, uh, so topic. are you? You're not revealing the secret project right I'm now. I'm not going to say its yeah. name yet. Yeah, um, because I, I haven't really. I mean, I haven't really protected the site with authentication because I just yeah. because it's nobody knows the domain. Yeah, who cares. Um, and. Uh, but the and I just want it to be at least MVP plus or MVP for real see and not like MVP minus minus. Okay. Um, is that my? Oh, that's my phone. Oh, that's a weird ring. Well, Colby set it up. All right, that makes sense. Well, let me turn that off. Well, let me just answer this. Okay. Hello. Fantastic. Thanks so much. Hey, bye bye. Your iMac is ready for pickup. Yes, my back is uh, is ready. So I took it in. So I got an email about um, you know, four months ago, five months ago, yeah. and that there was a recall on the hard drive, Seagate hard drives, and the iMacs that were made within like a six-month window. And remember I was telling you my hard drive was getting progressively slower, like I try and delete something, it would take like 30 seconds of beach ball. Yeah. Or I, or I just want to open a directory, and it would just, the finder would just take like 20-second delay, 10-second delay. It was brutal. And I don't know what the problem was, but... I've, I suspected it could have to do with this hard drive controller issue. But regardless, um, since I got a new MacBook Pro, I'm going to sell the iMac. Mm -hmm. And better to sell it with a brand new hard drive yeah, on yeah. it, right? So I took it in and got Great. it. Great. So you're going to put it on eBay? I don't know how I'm going to sell it. I haven't decided. I mean, I just want to get this done and then figure out what to do with it. Because an iMac takes up a lot of space, right? And there's nowhere else to really put it in the house. And we got a 
couple laptops. So what 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 year is it? Uh, October 2010. Well, if anyone's interested in buying an iMac, <laughs> let me know uh, with a brand new one with a terabyte hard drive and and in in brand new 16 uh, gigabytes of um, of uh, RAM. Podcast at techzinglive.com. Mm. Yep. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, the one thing I will say about the um, the secret project is that it's uh, I would call it lightweight um, team collaboration slash synchronization. That's the, that's that's the cat. That's how I'd categorize it. Oh, nice. Okay. Would you say that's a fair? Yeah, I think it's a good way. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So, um, that's a good a good little teaser for people. Teaser. So we'll have you use it next week. Mm-hmm. This week. I'll be using it with myself and the rest of the Digidoo team. How many people? Uh, there's going to be me, Udi, Matt, Laura, and Jeff. Okay, five. Yeah, is that five. Yeah. So that's that's a that sounds like a perfect number. Yeah. And um, you can you can um, talk about the bugs you run into, the complaints, what worked, what didn't, your suggestions. What? Well, it depends. I mean, we'll, we'll talk. We'll probably talk vaguely about it because I want I'm going to go a couple more iterations before I launch before we talk too much. About yeah. So. But that's cool. Yeah. Nice. I'm excited. Well, I appreciate you've been busting my ass on this like every day. What are you going to do? Have you done this? Well, I'm, I'm excited about it because um, I think this is, I mean, I, I wish that Plugio had been something like this. Like having done Plugio for three years, three and a half years, and I've dissected plants and pricing and all the different things. And I, I know that the thing that you're building is it's in the absolute sweet spot of making money if you do it right. And I know exactly what the price, plans and pricing should look like. I know how you should pitch the whole thing so i'm very excited because i want to put that ex- that knowledge that i've got into your site to help you make a lot of cash and that, that would be really really good for me because you know what there's not too many times when I, you know we were having this discussion about you giving me advice you know and here's a way that i can give you advice that's yeah, awesome sounds great that is pretty well, cool um well i think our listeners need to of course of course apply the um the official Justin discount. <laughs> so when Justin thinks that was a billion dollar idea, maybe a hundred thousand dollar idea, a million dollar idea, he thinks it's like a hundred thousand dollars. No, 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 no. Maybe I'll make a thousand dollars. No, first this is months. going to be. This is definitely better than the because the the price points are just better than the Plugio price points. Sure, yeah. Plugio price points. That's been the whole problem with it. Mm-hmm. But basically, if you calculate the Plugio churn against the price points that the market can bear, it's effed. Right. And that's the problem. Your product doesn't have that problem, yeah. which is what's great about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wish, I mean, I, I wish, I, I meant, I'd always planned to release it back in like January, mm-hmm. but it just, you know, had so much other work going on. A catalyst, I have to say catalyst, building all the catalyst ID and doing all this, that, that really killed me. And mm-hmm. I just sucked out so much. How are you time. feel? Do you still have the madness for the catalyst ID and all that kind of stuff? Or do you now have the madness for your new project? No, I do. I'm I'm still very excited with Catalyst. I'm 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 kind of like I want to coast for just a period. Period. I want to just I need to put money, time, sorry, time and effort into um, the secret project um, because that's actually what's going to make money. I mean, Catalyst is not about making money. I just was solving a problem, and it just and now at least the the it's more or less stable. You know, <laughs> at least the, at least the code, the, the, last... the ID is code. Let's, let's get to that in a minute. Hold that thought. Cause I want to get into it. So we'll get to that. In a minute. All right. But I, I am, so I've just, I'm technologically, I'm putting it on, um, lightweight cruise control. Yeah. Cause I have three or four other things I want to be working on right now. And I'm going to, you know, I'll probably add some stuff as I go along, but it's not going to suck down, you know, 20 hours a week or whatever it was at one point. Um, uh, anymore so and, and i'm just trying to be pragmatic and and, and just trying to be uh smart by cool. some of my time i mean you know sandy has been you know patient because she's she knows that i had the madness about catalyst she knew how much important it was 
for me to get it, uh, get that code up and get the things working right. But she's, you know, been just like you, like, I think this idea can work. I think you need to get it out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I really, she's like, yeah, I really, really think you should spend some time this weekend to get it done. Like she said that a number of times. Yeah. I mean, the way I see it is like you, the, um, your work that you do with Uber, <clears throat> that's like your investing in what, what's, what's the really safe thing to invest in? That's the day in? job. We call that the day job. But, or but, like bonds. Yeah. Bonds. That's like your bonds, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the next, your secret project, I think, is like one level up, like because of all the experience that we, we've had through talking to entrepreneurs about this, we know that it's actually quite a safe bet to, to do these bootstrapping business. Yeah. But I don't think it's quite, it's quite as risk-free as the Uber stuff. But still. Yeah, of course not. Because, yeah. you know, there's no guarantee of making any money. I'm putting in time. I get but paid. But yeah. you, you may stand to make a, a lot more cash than you do from the Uber stuff. Yeah, Uber yeah. is both short-term and long-term, right? right. I, get, I, get, I get paid, you know, well as a consultant. Um, but that's it. I mean, it's, I'm paid for my time. Yeah. I have options in Uber, but options, the, the Uber options may not come due for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And at what magnitude or scale there's going to be, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, it's not like I have like an equity, an official equity stake in it, you know. Um, so, so it's a good hedge, this new project. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah. So I want to hear about, uh, I want to talk about Digidoo because I've been talking with you about Digidoo offline. You've been very secretive and protective about everything. Um but I think things are going extremely well, yeah. and I'm really excited about it. And I've been disappointed that we haven't been able to talk about it. Yeah, well, thanks very much. Um, so I would I w- let's give some background on it first, just for real quick. Give the 20 second description of what's Digidoo. Okay, this is what Digidoo is: a simple and complete transition from print to digital education for K-12 classrooms. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah. Okay, and the way whole, the way the whole thing started, the way you got involved is the the CEO, Matt, um, was friends with my buddy Phil, who I mentioned earlier, who lives in Chicago. Yeah. I think they I think they got their MBAs together in Chicago or something like that. I think that's how they know each other or something. And um Matt was they had hired a guy, they were in and who was very um who wasn't that experienced with writing web code and Phil called me at his leg. So what do you think the possibility is that they're going to have, that they can deliver a working system in like six weeks? And we have a guy who doesn't have any real experience writing code other than a co- class or two in college. And I said, there's exactly, precisely zero chance that that's going to happen. And uh, I don't mean to be a naysayer. I don't like to be the naysayer. I'm telling you there's zero chance that's going to happen. And he's like, wow, so that's what I should tell Matt. And I'm like, absolutely. I mean, you know, because you don't want him, he should not be going making promises to these school districts or schools based on this because he's going to come, come up with a real black eye. Is that his only shot is somebody who's an exper- a very experienced full stack web developer who can kind of do everything. And the only one I know who's available is, is Justin. Because you had just called me a few days earlier saying, hey, I lost a contract or this contract's drying up or whatever. I need work like immediately. Yeah. It was like just that time. Yeah. It was just that. It was within a week. It was very close. And I still remember I was at Colby's baseball game and I was kind of walking around back behind the stands talking to Phil and I said, look, you need to tell Matt that you need his only shot. I mean, it's like Obi-Wan. Like, <laughs> Justin Vincent is your only hope. <laughs> you need to do this. So, effectively, you came on and started working with them. And um, and then, as things progressed, as a consultant, you went from helping out and helping this new guy. And then the new guy ended up, that, I would say the inexperienced guy, but the inexperienced guy ended up leaving. And you ended up just taking over all development, doing everything. And now, then you've been brought in as the CTO. Mm-hmm. And you have equity in the company, significant equity stake, and a full-time salary yeah, yeah. and everything so yeah. it's so so thank really you cool. jason for that for that hookup 
basically. Hey, it's 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 it's, it's you're welcome, of course. <laughs> and I was just a you know, few phone calls, my pleasure. But I was to, I, it's if I had a superpower, that would be it. <laughs> I can hook anybody up with something. <laughs> you need a job. No, you really, you need a job or you need an investor. You need something. Call me. I, for whatever reason, I have like a magical power. I'm like, you know, I know who you, I know who you need to talk to. You're a connector. You're one of life's connectors. So Sandy's like, yeah, so uh, when are you going to hook yourself up with a job? <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah. like, it doesn't work that way. I cannot use it on myself. I can only hook other people up. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm just really excited to see it work so well for you. I mean, because I remember... Um, back when you were negotiating with Bill Gross about Plugio and getting involved and in more deeply with Idealab and that they were going to Uber Media or Idealab was going to buy Plugio and there was all these complicated possibilities and and I was looking at that and I'm like that sounds really complicated it doesn't sound like you're going to get everything you want and I kept in and I was like I kept asking what about Digido and you're like oh well you know it's consulting or whatever I'm like dude I mean I think things going to take off. It's not, every time you've shown me into the product, every time I hear about the opportunity, it sounds really promising and it looks really cool. I don't think you should. I think you should take it more seriously because you weren't. You were a lot of times you can't. You can't see the forest for the trees. You're no, just, it's it's interesting. Like I totally didn't take it seriously. I didn't. I didn't even give it a second thought. I just thought, oh yeah, whatever. I'm just just this thing I'm building. Right? Yeah. Well, I was like, dude, the thing is really cool. It's a huge opportunity if you make it work, and it sounds like they have some real money behind it. Uh, and um, I'm like. You know, before I would negotiate any further with Bill Gross, and this is back in December, coming coming the holidays, I would get your ass to Chicago, go meet them in person, and 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 figure out if there is something. You know, is there something really there? Is, you know, is there a there there as the saying? Yeah. You know, and 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 you and you you actually took my advice and that went up there and they loved you and you were you really liked well but not only that, like when I got to Chicago, then I saw the kids using it in the classroom, and I could see oh actually, those kids really like this. This is really making a difference to their education. And I found out that um, the means of the people involved, like Matt was a serious person and, um, you know, the, the funding behind the company was very serious. And, the, and the, the energy down there was amazing. And I was like, oh, this actually is a really, really interesting group of people that's got some genuine money behind it. And there's a, there's a great potential here. So, and you, you kind of, you know, I wasn't even going to go down and, and up. Chicago. I, I, was, <laughs> I always get it wrong. I wasn't even going to go up and see them. So you, you pushed me to do that as well, which is, you know, once again, congrats well, to you. No problem. Well, you know, so you know, sometimes you need to be nudged out of your comfort zone. You're like, oh, I got to make a plane fly and get up there and all this stuff. But I kept thinking, you know, my, part of my thinking was like, I, I thought one, like I said, I th it looked promising. Mm. The whole thing looked promising. It looked like a fun project. You were obviously playing a very critical role. They seemed to be very happy with you. Those were all good signs. Um, and the other thing is, like you know, even if you go up there and it's sort of like a marginal opportunity, it at least gives you a bargaining chip when you when you're negotiating with Bill Gross and Idea Lab, right? You have another option. Well, I mean, I, I don't want it to make me sound like a complete idiot because i didn't think about going you know but i mean i did create some good opportunities down here as as you say yeah. with, oh, yeah, with bill yeah. grace i mean i wasn't like not moving forward in my life no no well, you were moving it, forward you you were doing a lot of negotiating yeah. and, and 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 you had done very you created the whole opportunity with idea lab you basically just walked in and said here i am i need to show you something and they were like wow <laughs> i'm just saying that you know the the two things where it's like when you know Sometimes you don't see the value yeah, right there yeah. in front of you. No, no, definitely. Because, because as a developer, all you see is the weaknesses. But it was especially the way that it just came. It it just came in like it it. They really didn't know what they were doing technically. Really, really didn't. And I've dealt with a number of entrepreneurs in the past like that, and they've never. 
if they if they if they're that far removed from the tech aspect, then usually they don't really understand the business as well. You know. Mm-hmm. So that was your worry. Like this is a big yeah. red flag. It, yeah, red flag. Because any time I'd seen that before, they were they weren't serious players. You know. Right. So I just didn't believe they were serious players until I got down to Chicago, and I'm like, oh, oh no, they really are. They really are serious players. Legit. Yeah. yeah. So that was great. So um. So that's the background. Okay. So we'll, t- we'll t- tell what the project is. So. If you think about, so K-12, by the way, we didn't explain that. K-12, uh, how would you describe that? That's like... K-12, that's, eight, that's, well, everybody in the U.S. Now. It's, it's kindergartner, which is like six-year-olds up to 18. Okay, so we, we don't actually do this software for kindergartners, but basically, I think we go from like 10 to 18, maybe 10 years old to 18, right? Mm-hmm. So what happens is the kids have tablets in the classroom and um, they will, instead of um, using like a whiteboard and the teacher speaking through, the, you know, talk like multicasting and talking... Uh, giving a lesson at the top. Multicasting. <laughs> She's multicasting. She's teaching to a class. Okay, let, let, let me start from the beginning. Let me start from the beginning. Right. Okay. So with traditional teaching, a teacher works with textbooks mm-hmm. and the textbooks aren't the lessons. The teacher has to basically synthesize the textbook and turn it into an interesting lesson for the kids. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So because textbooks are pretty boring, right? Yeah. So. they tend to be yeah so the teacher will take that textbook and turn an interesting lesson and then they will stand up at the front of the class and they'll have a blackboard behind them they'll write some stuff and they'll say so this is what this happens and the kids are like sitting leaning back in their chairs like punching their body and like just generally dicking around and scribbling right staring out the window okay stuff that i used to do i used to stare out the window (laughs) so so what what we're doing is we're basically giving the teachers um class creation software so that so they can create lessons using this um lesson creator that we built i showed you the lesson creator like it's this WYSIWYG thing you and you and udi built you built the ui i I, I built it basically just on the back end yeah so um it makes it really easy to build a lesson and you can get you can take stuff from wikipedia and you can take stuff from youtube and you can get it in there and you can build lessons really quickly and it's it's the same lesson i mean you're just not using a textbook so you're getting stuff off the net and you're basically building it into this lesson. But you have lesson creators. You have course creators. So the teachers don't necessarily have to do this, right? Well, it's yeah. So so we all yeah we also have um, we we hire teachers who've won awards for creating good lessons. Yeah. So basically, <clears throat> we'll build we'll build your kind of starter curriculum, mm-hmm. and we'll so you've got that that you can like clone that content and then you can tweak it around yeah because also the the way that we've built the system is you can individualize it for kids yeah so you can you can take a lesson you can copy it clone it to a new lesson and then you can take a few things in take a few things out oh you can customize it for a kid or this group of kids is gonna yeah, exactly yeah that's really it's 100 cool. percent customizable so every, every kid is at their own their own level so that so customize it's like what they call individualized medicine right individualized education right yeah exactly individualized education yeah that's really cool so the teacher um so each kid has a tablet uh we're using nexus sevens right now and they're looking at the lesson and on the tablet they also have like you know on airplanes where you've got like an air an air stewardess button yes you can stick your or hand when up. you're in the hospital and you just click the button and the nurse comes right right yeah. so the, the kids have that so as they're going through the lesson they can click a little button and the teacher has a tablet as well but it's a dashboard of all the kids so the teacher can see all the kids in the dashboard what page they're on right what see what page exactly what page they're on what class they're on what lesson they're on so he, the teacher can quickly see everywhere all the kids are and then a kid sticks their hand up on the dashboard the little hand sticks up so the, the teacher can then go and speak to them so instead of the teacher standing at the top of the class and the, the students not listening mm-hmm. it, it's all reversed where the teacher now is basically like a personal tutor 
for all of the kids who need them one at a time. And they, and the, way, and the kids can listen to, uh, can watch the videos and read the material at their own pace. Exactly. Which, okay, so the teacher said, uh, two things about that. The teacher, when you were up there recently in your trip, the teacher was like, okay, what do I do now? Right. Because all the kids were completely engaged. Well, because this, this, this is like the very first time. So we, we, we basically said to the kids, okay, go. All of a sudden, it was just complete silence. All the kids were engrossed and engaged. And the teacher's like, uh, what do I do? Did Matt go, well, here's a selection of magazines. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> we got, uh, yeah, all right, we got a Newsweek here. We got a. No, no, Matt's, Matt's, Matt said, just, just give it a minute. Just give it a minute watch the dashboard and then a hand pops up and the teacher's like oh okay so the hand pops up so then the teacher goes and talks to the kid and like helps them through that issue and then the teacher can then put the hand down so actually the teacher was touching the student's device and and turning the hand off like you would in an airplane but we said to the teacher no no you can do it on your on the dashboard so on, on your dashboard you can turn the hand on and off so now that now that the teacher's looking at where the kids are at what page they're and she can see that some some kids are like two pages behind so she bookmarks them with the hand, with the little hand icon. Okay, so I need to go talk to that guy. And then she goes and deals with them, and then she un- unbookmarks them as she's doing That is that. so cool. You know, um, I remember reading about uh, an article talking about why Finnish education is so good. And I think this might be the case in also Sweden or Norway, but definitely yeah. at least one or two of the uh, Nordic countries. So their their education is is top, top notch. Their kids do extremely well, and they do less homework than in other countries like in the U.S. Yeah. 30 minutes a night kind of thing. And... One of the key things that they did is they would have two teachers per class. I mean, the other thing is teachers there get a lot of respect. They generally have master's degrees. They get paid well. But in addition to that, every classroom would have two teachers. One teacher would lead, and the second teacher would be helping any kids that were struggling or falling behind. Mm-hmm. I see. Right? Yeah. Because you know how it happens. It's like when you in, – in, if you fall behind in a subject like math or language – and you don't you don't shore up those issues later on. It's going to come back to bite you in the ass, mm-hmm. and then those things are going to be weak. So it's just it's like building a house on a really weak foundation, and eventually things just crumble. And then that's when kids are like, oh, I suck at math, or I I can't I can't learn foreign languages because they just they had some weak spots, they never got them resolved, and then they fall behind. Yeah, yeah. And and the teacher had said, I I've never really seen the class this quiet. I've never seen them so you know focus so much. And so uh, another part to it is that. Um, it's really easy for the teacher to to add to any page assessment questions, uh-huh. multiple choice questions. So on the same page that you get the content, then you can get some questions like, did you really understand this? You know, like you're yeah. talking about the um, Q&A system for Catalyst. Yeah. So you just add a few questions. Is it similar like, to that, the one I built for Catalyst? It's it's similar, but not exactly the same because like the content, like as I'm saying, the, uh, there's no really different, there's no differentiation between a page and a, a question. I see. Okay. Right? It's just so, kind of built, it's kind of, it's embedded. Yeah, so the the whole way that I built the lesson creator is um, each paragraph, each title, each thing is like a, an object that you drag onto the page. And you can also just drag on a, 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 multiple voice, a multiple choice question or a free form answer or fill in the blank, yeah. right? So, um, so what happens is the kids uh, do this and then they click next to go to the next page and it says, would you like to turn this in, you know? So they say yes or no. They can either just save it, so it'll save their answers, or they can turn it in. So when it turns it in, it'll auto-grade it. So it'll basically say, okay, you got these ones right, you got these ones wrong, and it'll ping the teacher to say, look, this is there, this has kind of been turned in. So now the teacher can go in on her dashboard and look in, and she can, there's a little kind of text area underneath every question where she can give some feedback. Mm-hmm. So she can basically say, yeah, you did well on this, or not, not so much. And um, so basically, it's continual assessment you know, which is very different to traditional learning as well. Can can the teacher, when she gives an assessment, can they can she just be like a thumbs up, or does she actually have to write in a like a 
there's un- underneath underneath every question she gets a text box where she can type in a long form answer or there's three buttons that say good very good and excellent right good so, so the kids are like yeah you got it. So the kids feel good yeah, they get yeah. a positive feedback uh, exactly so then then when the kid looks at it what they see is they see like a nice little uh, comment underneath their question that says the teacher's name good teacher's name excellent right oh that's great yeah or but if there's some if there's like a problem area the teacher will write a longer thing but what well the thing that i wasn't expecting was how much content these kids can create on these android keyboards like obviously they are used to using android phones and they do that thing where they like to drag the triangle shapes right. to write they are so fast they can write like a paragraph i mean just reams of text wow on on these mobile devices you know wow so that was the thing that I was kind of concerned about. Oh, like a mobile device is really difficult. Those keyboards, like how are you going to type much? They have but, no problems. No, they how old have, are these kids? Well, the ones that I was looking at were around 15 in, in that instance. But I've also seen some other 12-year-olds use the class as well, and they, they were doing very well with it. And the kids seem to enjoy it? Oh, they love it, yeah. Because just, just the very fact that it's, it's, it's something that's approaching them from the perspective of their generation, right? They're used to that. They're used to that technology. It's totally different to just a boring well, people- technology. People like to move at their own pace. Yeah. You know, if you, if you if things are moving too fast, it's just like they call that the concept of flow. If things are too difficult, it's frustrating. If it's too uh, slow, it becomes tedious and boring. Mm-hmm. It's just got to be right at the right level. Now, if you're so if you're driving your own experience, you're going to be more closer to the in the flow into the zone, and um, and this is just bringing that to the kids. Um, so that's that's huge. Now. I guess two questions. Well, first simple question is, do they have like headphones or something? Yeah, they do. They do have headphones. And I was worried that um, it was going to stop social interaction between the kids. But actually it doesn't um, because they, the videos that, they, that they're looking at on the devices are very specific to the lesson. And, and it's not like The Simpsons or something right. like that, right? It's entertaining content, but each one's maybe just two or three minutes long. Yeah. And it's just to kind of prove a point about that. So the kids um, have the headphones on some of the time, but they do they do kind of form groups. And in the lesson, you can say, for, you know, form groups, which is actually another thing that we're maybe looking at doing is like looking at some algorithmic way to pair the right kids together, you know, yeah. you know, to create the groups. As we understand more about the kids analytically, we can do stuff like that. Well, speaking of analytics, I mean, the key thing here is going to be not just whether it's it's a more enjoyable experience in the classroom, which is which is important, mm-hmm. um, in that uh, the, cli- the class is cli- quiet and all that stuff. But do kids learn more? Can they cover more material or cover the same amount of material and learn it, have better retention and better comprehension? I mean, that's the real question. So it's like yeah. if you go to a new a school and you say, and they say, well, what's the what are the metrics here? I mean, are the kids going to go through twice or three times the material in the school year or 50% more, or are they going to, the kids, the B, the A, the B students are now A students and the C students are B students. I mean, what, 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 what are you saying? Well, it's too early in, in the game, but, but basically, um, we have it in with two different sets of kids, two sets of a hundred kids. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do like a peer reviewed study on that and get the results and, and understand the learning outcomes okay. from that. So that's going to take us the rest of the year to, yeah, to sure. kind of do, but. Well, that'll be important. But so one, one of the things is, um, like I am looking for people to to work on this project with me. So I'm looking for Android, you know, people who understand Android. I'm looking for really good front end HTML5, uh, JavaScript, jQuery people. I'm looking for great infrastructure people who understand um, Amazon and Elastic Scaling and um, that type of thing. You so need a sysadmin. I'm, I'm basically looking to build a team of remote workers um, 
who can each take a different function. I mean, this this project is kind of huge. Um, it's amazing what we've done so far, just myself and Udi. Uh-huh. Um, I, sh- I was actually showing this to a guy the other day uh, um, uh, through a, th- a screen share. And he said, so, so it sounds like, how big is the team that's built this? Like, what's what's the deal? I'm like, oh, uh, there is, that, that was just me who built all that stuff right there. And he was like, no. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. He's like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I think sometimes you get one or two people who are who are kind of full stack developers. Yeah. And and they have a vision and they know how to do everything. You can get a lot done. I mean, yeah, it doesn't you mean you're a super genius. It just means you're you you know how to use your tools and you got a real yeah. clear vision and and not taking anything away from you. I'm just I mean, obviously no, no, I right. think no, I, I have I hold you very high regard. I think you're really talented but your focus and you you can do the vision like you quick, quick iteration cycles like okay i need to change the database table can i need to write the back end or can i change the front end very clear and, and the jquery stuff but be also because you have a lot of say and control like what is the product you yeah. say okay i think we need to change this to the product right yeah. we don't have to yeah. go set up meetings and talk with five different people and then go talk with the database guys and write requirements list all that stuff happens in your head inside of two minutes no it's true i mean basically i'm in the in a great position because I'm, I think I'm the product owner. In fact, I know I'm the product owner, but I'm also the CTO of it. So owning the product um, by speaking to the business people and basically helping make decisions about the, I'll translate what, so they'll say, look, you know, we really need a way of the kids like communicating about content. And I'll be like, I'll go away and think, think about, think that through and then present them with like five different options. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, I, so I think being able to do that and being that kind of full stack guy, mm. it makes things really efficient. I mean, you know, I, I and I know, you, you know, at some point you obviously scale it out, but the early, when you're early on and things are in, are in flux, mm. uh, uh, then you can change stuff much more quickly, right? As things start to, as, as you really learn and figure out like this, this is basically how this needs to work. Right. And this is how this needs to work. You know, we're going to add these features, but this is essentially things in place. And it's easy to bring other people in, but you bring too many people in early. It just, you get bogged down in meetings and discussions and, you know, and explanations and sorting through all this stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. I think, um, I think it's good. I mean, that's why I think you're able to move so fast is because you don't have a lot of people. Well, um, I would talk, I mean, I would still like to get anyone to, you know, is, is interested in doing some contract work. Um, just do send me an email, uh, podcast at textinglife.com yeah but, yeah so you, you 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 got an email yesterday kind of from a guy who read the luck service area thing or what tell me what, no no what I happened some weird <laughs> you yeah. tell me some weird thing on skype about it i don't really quite get it okay so um actually it was this guy called soyash joshi uh-huh. so basically he read luck surface area he read your blog and he is like oh this is awesome i really like this blog post so then he saw at the bottom you, you had said check out my latest project anyfoo so then he went to anyfoo and then he was like huh i think i should be an expert on anyfoo so i'm going to call them up and i want to speak to jason because i want to tell him about, that anyfoo looks great and i want to tell him that um i really liked his blog post so he calls up the number on top which goes to grasshopper right uh-huh. so he's like I, I i answered it came through to my skype and i said hello <laughs> he, went, he went hello is that jason and i went no this is justin here and he was like oh <laughs> like, no, he like, didn't know like he no didn't context right? right so he said oh well i was looking to speak to jason and i'm like uh okay well he's not here but i can help you because <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know it was ringing from that uh, yeah no, i say hello it's texting no no exactly i mean I was, that was their first texting <laughs> phone call right no no first i mean any, um, phone. any phone call yeah right? yeah and i uh, saw so, and and you know i know normally get really bad spam phone calls people trying to sell viagra and yeah, stuff right, right? right so i was like i was like is this one of those spam fa-? but it, it did say grasshopper at the beginning you know where it says 
Would you like to answer the phone? Press one. You know, like that. Kind of okay, so so going forward, you'll notice say I'll know. Right. Yeah, this is any food, any food, yeah, whatever. So anyway, so it was kind of awkward at the beginning, and then I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm Jason's partner. I helped him found found any food. So um, what you know, what what's the deal? And he's like, oh well, I read this log surface area, and you know, I'm I'm an HTML5 specialist, and I'm really like this. You know, uh, I, I'd like to be an expert on your site. I said, well, well, the thing is, you know, I said, in in a nice way. Have you written any books? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Have you written any books? Have you, uh, you know, done any public speaking about it? So uh, he hasn't written books, but he he is kind of highly involved in the San Francisco um, scene. He works for Oracle, mm -hmm. and um, anyway, I don't think that he can be an expert for any food at this point. But I said, you know, you could be in the future. I said, but by the way, uh, you know, I kind of am looking for, uh, you know, HTML5 people for this project I'm working on, Digidoo, and he he had actually then said, he then said, tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, what, like, who are you? Because like, right, he right. wants to know who I am. So, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm Justin Vincent. I've been hosting a podcast with Jason for the last three years. And <laughs> we've interviewed 80, you know, like 80 entrepreneurs. And I guess I did Plugio and yeah. helped him with Anifu. And, so, and anyway, that whole kind of table's turned. And he was like, huh, maybe you're the expert here. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so it was, it was really, it was really good. They screw that Jason guy. I want to talk to you. <laughs> no. And the funny thing was, I was just talking and talking, talking. And I said, you know, you won't believe this. But like I talk about twenty percent the amount that Jason does, <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, and he probably was like, yeah. That's he was like, "That's impossible." <laughs> I said, "Listen, I'll tell you what. I'll give you Jason's Skype. You can you could talk to him." And and that was the point when I skyped you and I said, "Hey, this guy's going to call you at some point." That's just like, what are you talking about? I was on yeah. the phone with. Uh, with one of the guys from Uber and you were, you were sending me this weird, there's this guy who read this blog and was talking, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, so I, I showed him and he, he was the guy who said, you know, did how, how big was the team that built this Digidoo thing? Right. Mm -hmm. So he was surprised that it was just two people. Right. So, um, yeah. So I, you know, I've initiated uh, the discussion with him and maybe, um, maybe he'll do something with us. I don't know, but cool. Uh, anyway, well, I, well, you know, we got a, you know, we got a lot of, talented people listen to the show so i'm sure yeah. we can probably get some people for uh, remote work i mean we've had people email us periodically asking if they know of anyone who needs remote work done mm -hmm. you know we have a lot of sort of independent consultants um speaking of um uh i'll tell this little story so you know what i told you there's a um a uh i don't know say female developer lady I, I, it's kind of funny you say lady and it sounds like she's 50 right you said girl it sounds like she's 20 yeah. You sound female, you sound like you're a doctor. Yeah. It's like, if you just say an entrepreneur, this person, it's, you know, you it sounds know. weird. Yeah. Like, how do I say it? It just, it's nothing. Because woman. She's a sound, chick. Chick sounds uh, no. slightly disrespectful. Okay. Talking about something. Uh, okay. Yeah. A, a not man. Non. Anyway, <laughs> so, so I'm going to give her name. Her name is Lola. Yeah. So I met her, I don't know, was it probably five, six weeks ago up at the uh, Upverter Hackathon mm -hmm. that I spent that day at. And she's um, uh, she was there because she's dating um, Zach, who we interviewed on the show. from He's founder, one of the three founders of Upverter. And he was putting on the hackathon, so she was there to support him. And the second half of the day, she was kind of bored because she's like, okay, like, not really much to do. And she was sitting right behind where our group was and I had spent the first half of the day working on Arduino and I'd kind of by that time I was burnt out and I think I mentioned I was already exhausted from three days at Uber so I just had no brain yeah. power left and so I started just I, I just started joking around with her and we spent like the half of the day just talking and joking around and talking startup stories and things and and then I realized and I, I won't go through the whole thing about how her 
how her company kind of got driven into a ditch because she took a lot of it, some advice about technology to use, which were all really expensive. Well, you have said that. You mentioned that in the last couple of shows, yeah. So, and then I was going to help her. So I said, look, let's just build, what you're describing is a fairly simple, it's fairly simple technologically. You know, I mean, the the business sounds promising, you know, it's going to be a challenge like a lot of these businesses, but... Because technology isn't that a big deal on the scale of building <laughs> technological solutions. And so I was like, I'll, I'll help you. Um, I'll just help you kind of sketch out a roadmap and then I'll see if I can find someone for you. And so I started just do, doing that. I mean, I, I, I spent a little more time than I should. I probably spent five or six hours over a period of a few weeks, maybe maybe seven hours, you know, doing different things. And uh, And I was like, okay, I got to kind of back away from this because this is kind of taking up time, right? I mean, it's one thing to do. It's one thing to have a conversation or two and respond to a couple emails advising somebody. It's another thing to actually kind of do more than that. It's just, yeah. you know. But uh, I, I, I felt like she just kind of had, um, she'd kind of, not that anyone purposely did it, but I just got some, the, the bad advice for what she's trying to do. Um, so when I put the shout out of the show and um, one of the, uh, I heard back from a few people, um, and uh, one of the people, um, a guy named John Wheat, emailed me. And the funny thing about John, John actually had written, he said, yeah, it's me. I'm the guy who wrote the comment. <laughs> yeah, so well, that, was, that was about a year ago where all shit broke loose. And um, the, it, we, we practically, the comment was so nasty, was it? No, nah, he, it, was it was angry. He was just was, really He was angry, angry right? It was, I wouldn't say nah, He was just really angry and really offended about what I said about how I said, hey, if you're young and then and, and then attack and you know design you are whatever go to san francisco because it's it's crazy it's yeah. there's so much opportunity there's so much energy i mean it's just uh it's just it's just it's like, like and then i always compare it to is like you know in the 20s if you're a painter or writer i mean imagine if you, if you were a painter or writer you go visit paris you come back what are you going to say to people who are in arkansas or if you want to be an actor where do you anywhere? go yeah go, you go to hollywood like, right, go to New York, yeah. new york depending on what yeah. kind of acting right. and but I guess the way it came across, and he had a real—he said he had a really bad day, and all the stress hit. It, it made it—it it sounded really offensive. Like I was saying, like it was kind of this elitist thing, yeah. You know? And he got, and so he wrote an angry comment, and uh, you know, anyway, you call him, you call him, be like, dude, what's up with the comment? And I was like, <laughs> uh, I think this guy had a really bad. Day. It's not. I said this comment is not really about me. Yeah. I don't think because I don't think I said anything that strong. I said I think he's—he's he's got something else. He's—he's he's having a bad day and sure enough he emails like back like two or three days later because some of the other texting listeners kind of laid into it they were like they got kind of they they, yeah. they were like dude what's what's the deal and anyway he to his credit sent me a really nice email and said hey i i'm really i apologize i sent a unfortunate email i didn't you know i was having a bad day and i said you know i've done the same thing like we've mm. all probably written a comment or sent an email where we regretted it because we were at that moment just in a bad yeah, and you're just venting state. on someone. Yeah, and you're just like that wasn't fair, and um, and uh, so he said. So anyway, so he actually emailed me and said, "Hey, I think I could help out with this." You know, and he said, I mean, and, and he described all the stuff that he knew and did. I'm like, wow, he's really, you know, he's very experienced. PHP, MySQL, jQuery, all that kind of stuff, and um, um, and so I gave him a call, and uh, it was funny. One of the nicest guys I ever talked to. <laughs> <laughs> Super nice guy. <laughs> It was hilarious. I like you, you know, which is so funny because you, you know, you'd expect, okay, this guy wrote a, a kind of a mean email or a mean comment. I mean, he's kind of a, but the absolute opposite. I mean, as nice of a person I've ever spoken to. And, um, we had a couple conversations about, um, you know, him. I was kind of going, I was, cause I was talking with Lola about like, okay, like, you know, you know what, what would his, her be her options or how should she proceed and, and things like that. And, um, 
And I actually ended up sending a copy of some code that I had sort of used App Ignite to generate mm. sort of a framework for this thing to kind of get a lot of skeleton stuff out of the way. And we went over that stuff together. And um, so I think, I mean, we haven't decided exactly how we're going to do it, but um, it's likely that we'll probably get him involved because he's very right. flexible with how... But what's your what's your involvement with the company going to be? Okay, so that's the thing. It was interesting when I was talking to him. I'm when I was talking with him, I was really unclear about what my involvement was going to be. Like was and um, because you know when I was up in San Francisco, what last week or week and a half ago, um, you know, and I, I I had lunch with Lola and then I had dinner with Lola and Zach and uh, we were talking about stuff and and um, I could tell she would like me involved at some level. You know, she seemed very enthusiastic about me helping and I, and I thought there was some opportunity there. So I was like, yeah. So I sent her an email. I said, look, I can, you know, either I, I could just be a friendly supporter, you know, that's fine. You know, or I said I could be like, I could take some sort of advising CTO kind of thing, or I could be a little more deeply involved. And so I, I sent an email describing, I said, here's sort of the three things I could do, you know, depending. And she's like, I'll take option one, which was being more deeply involved. I was like, Oh no! Because <laughs> like you know, I was like, I'm I'm so busy. So hold on. So op- option one was what? Like, kind of, I'm gonna be like fifty percent into right, this. I, well, I'll be deeply involved as in you know, and try and help you actually build this thing out. Okay. And option two was being like an advising CTO. Like I, I will, you know, a couple hours a week. Did, but did any of the options involve like you getting equity? Or, yeah, yeah. So all of them. All the all of them other than being like friendly supporter, right? I said, but just different levels. I said I because would probably, different amounts of equity. And I said, you know. So I agreed to, um, you know, and anyway, so I, I agreed to uh, be more deeply involved and, and help out. Because the thing is, I think it's a, it's technologically, it's not a big problem, at least to get an MVP out, right? Mm. It's even less than my secret project. I mean, it's not. Well, I was, I was glad for this because um, the, 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 this is like your hedging you're, so you're hedging. You've got your Uber on the on the on the most safest. Uh-huh, honestly, yeah. You've got your new secret project, which I see as your medium safest. But you, the amount of return is it's it's kind of capped. And then this other project here, which I think is interesting, I think this has more potential than the secret project. But it seems it's much more high risk because there's too many there's so many more moving parts involved. Mm-hmm. It's not just you. Yeah. So I like that. I like that for you. So the thing about what I really like about Lola is that she's really um, sort of an aggressive sales marketing. Does she's a, she's got hustle. Oh yeah, and she knows everybody and talks to everybody up there. She just got stuck with not having what she needed was a technology technology co-founder. Yeah, that's what she needed, and she didn't have it, and 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 she got burnt by it. Yeah, um, and uh, so. I was like, you know, the thing about this, and I was trying, I was explaining to Sandy, my wife, like why I thought this is worth putting a little time into is like, okay, we're going to know pretty quickly whether this has legs. I mean, yeah. we may not make a lot of money, right? But we're going to, it's, it's either going to kind of have some, you know, it's either going to get some revenue pretty quickly or it's going to work or it's not, which means it's not like, well, we got to, I got to work on this thing for two years and we mm-hmm. see some, it's like in a few months, we're going to have a pretty good sense of it. Yeah. And so, and, and, and also it's got, it's got to be revenue centric, you know, because it's like, you know, she burnt through some of the money she raised. So I'm like, we got to, this thing has got to make money now for her. For well, you, you know. So you've, you're moving it from a funded startup to a bootstrap startup. <laughs> yeah, well, the funding dried up. So <laughs> we got to get this thing out in like two weeks, you know. And so um, we work on it. We've been working on it. And the, the, uh, the name of it, it's called uh, Meekroot. Okay. And that's the name of Meekroot.com. So instead of Recruit, Meekroot. Is there anything there? It's, they have a, there's a landing page right now. Yeah. Which has been up for a while. So, um, yeah, but anyway, so I want to try and get uh, John involved um, 
Yeah, but I'm, what I'm going to do, I think, is I'm just going to build out some of the basic, kind of like we talked about the reason why it was good for you to build the did you do stuff yeah. first because it's just so much faster because you have it all in your head and you know exactly what it, what it needs to be. And so I'm going to get some of the basic stuff, the, the product defined. And, uh, and so then- I'm just going to read from the website. The landing page says, Meekroot, a new way to find and connect with professionals in your area. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, it's a little, it's a little more specific now. That's a way... The thing that I did when I talked to her is not just to find the technology, is I really narrowed and focused the product. Right. She's so kinda, it's in the same way that I've done with Fidget Yeah, right. she was kind of all over the place, like, like most entrepreneur business entrepreneurs are, because they read this study, they read that study, they see this trend, they see that trend, they create this deck or that deck, they talk to these investors and VCs, they, they're listening, responding to what everybody's talking about and everybody's excited about. And I'm like, all right, like, you know, screw all this stuff. Like, all these things are interesting, but we know... This is the core problem, right? This is what people are going to pay for. This is it. And we know the pain points. Let's take the minimum assumptions that we can. Um, we don't really have to go on a limb and say that, you know, people aren't going to spend a lot of time and some people are lazy. We're not going to, we don't have to go on a limb and say that um, all these tech companies and, and, and are having a hard time finding tech, technical talent, not just technical talent, but just talent in general. Um, and, uh, you know, and there's some other things to that. But I just said, look, let's just, let's just keep it really simple and focused. And, you know, the three reasons were one, we can get something out in a couple of weeks or three weeks or whatever, and not three months. So we don't have three months. Yeah. Uh, two, um, it's a simpler product to, to explain to people like this is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it's mobile this and it's that and the referral and all. I mean, you could just get all kind of crazy stuff. And because uh, she even sent me yesterday some bunch of emails of like study stuff. I'm like, write them down. Yeah. <laughs> we're not dealing like this is just don't don't get distracted. You know, I yeah. said and uh, focus, focus. Hey, here's here's what we need. Like this, this is the next three weeks. This is what needs. These are the things that need to happen. So and I'll do these things. And, you know, if you can take care of those things, we'll be good to go. And the third thing I said, of course, once we get the simple thing out there and we get in front of people and we have them, you know, getting this feedback on what they want, and need, then we'll know how to prioritize all of these things. Mm. And and um you know, the whole customer validation and all that kind of stuff. But also, um, it'll show momentum, right? Yeah. Like, hey, two weeks later, we got this new thing. Hey, a month later, we got this thing. Or another, you know, it's like there's constantly things. It's like you don't want to shoot all your bullets on the first day. Leave, yeah. them in, leave them in the magazine. Shoot them one at a time. Space them out. Give us something to talk about, you know. And um, it shows momentum. It gives us press opportunity. And also, you, you put stuff in there early on all these assumptions and then guess what? It turns out that like half of them or two thirds of them aren't really needed. But then when you take them away, there's always going to be some customers who are really pissed yeah. that you took them out because there's going to be 5% of the user, 10% of the people who use it, but it's, it, it, it screws up the rest of the product because it's there. Yeah, it's very true. Just, I mean, we've, this goes back to the MVP, Yeah, you know, so just keep it as simple as well. Well, that sounds great. I mean, so you've got, oh, that was another thing. Uh, so the guy that I was speaking to yesterday, um, uh, what was his name again? Soyash Joshi. Mm-hmm. So after I'd gone through everything, he said, he said, wow, man, you have a lot of projects going on. <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm doing about 50% of what Jason's doing. <laughs> I, uh, I have no, I, I don't even, I, I can't even like um, defend it. So if you're, if you're about ready to fire off an email telling me that I'm doing too much, I get it. I know it. I realize that. Um, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, All right. Yeah, but it's just, yeah, it's just crazy. Um, but I don't know. I mean, maybe I just don't know how to say no. Maybe I just get too excited about projects. But again, like the secret project, you're going to be using that on Monday. Yeah. So we'll be getting, that has made a lot of progress. It's not just sitting dormant or something. Um, 
uh, meat crude is we're going to get something up and going really quickly. I think it's going to be a matter of weeks, not months. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, any foods moving forward. What's going on with any food? Well, any food. Um, okay. We, we, we're an hour and 24, but we don't have a strict time limit. So I'll tell you, because I, I, I want to talk about something else. After I have this, to so. leave. I have to be home in 20 minutes because Colby has a baseball game. Okay. Well, I definitely want to talk about Bitcoin. Okay. I want to talk about Bitcoin, but I want to talk about any food and catalyst. We got to cover any food okay, and catalyst. Right. Well, uh, the quick synopsis of any food is Sarah has been doing well. She got her first fully fledged expert on the site who's a titanium expert. So if you go to anyfood.com experts. Um, That's awesome, actually. Yeah. Um, anyfood.com experts. And you'll see Boyd Lee Pollentine, who is, is an awesome uh, titanium expert. And he's on the site. And um, actually, I'd, I received an email from just totally coincidentally. You know what? It probably isn't coincidence. Because Boydley probably put on his blog, I've just become an expert of any food. And then someone who follows him probably said, oh, I'm a titanium expert. And then sent us that same thing. So That's exactly why yeah. I said these yeah. experts serve as channels for us. Yeah. Anyway, so, it, so he said he was like, didn't have quite as much exposure. And I said, you know, we're only taking one expert per category right now. But thanks a lot for the email. Right. Yeah. But yeah, we get, later we can have more than yeah, one. But yeah, it's like, yeah. you don't want one expert to say, hey, I would love to do three or four sessions a week, but you got this other guy on, so I get, and I get one, you know. So and, she's, uh, she's got like 10 on the boil right now. Yeah. But she needs to work, like, the, it's difficult to kind of, you know, shepherd them in to, yeah. the, to the gate. So she has to make each of them create a good profile or help them create a good profile. Mm. So I think we'll see, you know, it's cost me 3000 to get the first expert on. <laughs> Yeah, but she's done a lot more work, right? I mean, that's sort of like upfront cost, I think. Right. Day, I but I think yeah, as as she starts getting them on, it's going it, to, like, the the cost per expert is going to be a lot Acquisition less. Acquisition cost. Yeah, Expert yeah. acquisition cost. I hope. I, I hope that they stop appearing, you know, soon. Otherwise, it's it's like, oh, my God, I, I can't next, keep payrolling this. The next thing you, they could potentially do is get these, these, um, these uh, profiles to be a little shorter, simpler. Like, don't yeah. you look at the uh, Don Felker, right? Uh, or or, or Mike, Michael Hartle approach. They just went crazy. They were really long ones. So try and try and make it short. Keep a little shorter. Keep them yeah. lean. More like um, I think Joanna's is is good, but she, you know, you can you can slim it down a little bit. But the other thing is too is that you could have either Sarah or maybe you can get like a uh, one of these writers for hire, and they could just you know, yeah. look at all their available information and take a first shot. Yeah, well, that may, take, sort of thing. that may take us too much money and take too yeah. much time. I don't. Well, know. maybe. Well, maybe Sarah could do it. I mean, she's a great writer as well. So, well, anyway, she so, sounds like a good employee uh, yeah. or a good contractor, right? Because she can do all this. Yeah, stuff. yeah, she's yeah, she's, she's awesome. Yeah, so that's where any food's at. Good. So like then, um, catalyst. What I do want to say is that the local server totally didn't work in the last session, and the last the last session was an absolute nightmare because we had no software. So we just had to give a manual lesson. That sucked. And we have no idea why yet. Although I no. brought the server in the in the um, in the router. I'm, Are you just I'm gonna, gonna to, leave them I'm with gonna, me? I'm gonna have to leave it to you. And, and if you oh. want to spend a few minutes, I mean, I apologize, I, but I got to run out the door at noon. I mean, I can right. stop by later or whatever. But no, it's fine. I'll have a look at it or tomorrow. But. Okay, no worries. Um, so that's. I mean, that's that's it with Catus. Well, the you thing, thing else with Catus was interesting is um, so. I gave I gave a talk on two dimensional ranks. Well, you took the new kids. Yeah, I gave the new kids an initial discussion uh, and then and then i and then i asked you you were while you were messing around with the server trying to get it working and then when you realized it was just not gonna what well, but it was really difficult with you giving the talking lesson and me talking to the new kids at the same time i couldn't do it so i just i took them downstairs into the courtyard 
Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm saying is like after you finish working on the server, I said, all right, now you take the new kids. Yeah. I've got, I gave them the basics of variables and, you know, things like that and loops and stuff. And you took them out downstairs and ta- talked to them, gave them a. Just, just continued uh, the same lesson. Continue. And then I, to, to the, to the, the ki- our more advanced kids, I started talking about a two dimensional arrays. Yeah. Which was really interesting because I said, all right, well, let's take all this room here and we'll have a character and I'll say, all right, um, Marco, you're a zombie. He's like, all right, now you go stand over there. Okay, now I'm going to draw a picture of a map. Like, here's a square. And I kind of drew like a sort of a square saying it looked like our room. And I get, now where is, where is the zombie? Where is Marco? And I was like, well, he's here. Well, he's no kind of here. And I'm like, well, see, it's kind of not very specific, right? Computers need to know. So let's draw a grid here. And then I said, all right, Riley, you're what? And he's like, I'm a Roman soldier. Okay, Roman soldiers over here. <laughs> and so we're doing that. And so I started talking about like, you know, how we, you know, if I had a hallway, we can just make that array, right? Each slot in the, in the, and the array is like a grid square in our hallway, a hallway. But let's say we have a two-dimensional array. So it's an array of arrays. And it was hilarious. It just blew the kids' minds. Yeah. They, they loved it. But it's funny. They, when you get a bunch of really bright kids, they just went off. They started talking about fourth dimensions and time and whether <laughs> anything can live on a two-dimensional thing. And talking about drawing a circle and approximating with squares and how, how, how tiny the squares would need to be. And, and then we're getting into calculus. I was like, all right, all right, guys. <laughs> like we, but the funny, the parents were there were just cracking up. Because in one sense, it was like... I mean, they, it was just amusing, right? But it's like, well, when you get a bunch of really bright kids, this is how they they think. Yeah. They just they just really go to the nth. Theory. Even the eight and ten year olds, eleven year olds. I mean, they immediately, <laughs> but they were digging it. And the the second the, the two dimensional rays were, was re, was really cool because it really for something about that just resonated with them as like powerful. So it's a good lesson. So so maybe it was good that the server died. We 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 made lemon you know lemonade out of lemons, right? Yeah. I mean, we 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 sorted out it. It ended up. I was very frustrated with the software, the hardware situation. It was more, it wasn't software, it was a hardware problem. Um, that really sucked. Um, and it's always stressful when that happens and yeah. frustrating. But the, the lesson, the session went really well. We still, we still were able to pull out of it. And oh, great. Everybody was had a good time. We learned a lot and it was a good, it worked. Anyway, it worked. So that's it with Catalyst. I mean, other than I'll say that I keep getting interest. People keep coming up and we want to talk to me about joining, but I'm like wondering like when I might have to start saying no because we just can't get too many more kids. It's just going to get crazy in there. Yeah. I mean, we have Manny from Idea Lab, you know, who comes out and helps out maybe once every other week or once every two, three weeks. And, um, you know, if CJ comes down, he'll help us out. But it's like, and, and, and um, Liam's dad is an astrophysicist who, knows python so he helps at least liam and kind of helps out if there's another kid or two next nearby but you know there's only so much we can scale that personally yeah and i don't i don't want it to get out of control i hate having to say no to anybody especially if they're like oh my kid is so excited about this i mean what are you gonna say sorry maybe you need to learn to say no maybe that's that's your next lesson as an entrepreneur no <laughs> I'll start now. See, <laughs> all right. So let's. Um, you want to talk Bitcoin for a well, only that um, Bitcoin is uh, kind of approaching. It's it's either approaching a bubble state or it's approaching a state where it's it's actually becoming something. So there's there's a couple of interesting blog posts about it. One was uh, Bitcoin really is an ex- existential threat to modern to the modern liberal state, and um, it was just an it was an interesting you know thinking about Bitcoin and how. Because it's totally decentralized and everything that it is, yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's basically it's it's a form of currency that the government cannot control. Although people think, I was listening to No Agenda; they were talking about Bitcoin a bit in No Agenda, mm-hmm. and Adam Curry and John Dvorak think that basically the banks are just screwing with Bitcoin. They think that they're just going, you know, 
because they, they, they see it as a threat. So they're just like, okay, I'm going to invest a million here. I'm going to take it out here. I'm going to invest a million here. But then I recently heard that the, the Winklevoss brothers have bought 11% of Bitcoins. Winklevi? Yeah. The Winklevi. Yeah, huh? they've basically spent, they've spent enough cash to buy 11% of the entire Bitcoin base. Wow. <laughs> so, and that's all Facebook right. as a result of the Facebook yeah, so that's, payout or so, so So, I mean... It could potentially really start because you know it hit that billion dollar mark, right? Whereas there's a billion dollars worth of bitcoins in circulation. Billion dollars. Billion dollars. Yeah. So they put over a hundred million, mm-hmm. hundred and ten million. That'd be eleven percent. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot of money. They have that much money. So, so bitcoins an interesting. Um, an in, it could be an interesting hedge. A hedge against inflation. Just, just like another well, the thing is going up and down. It's kind of hardly a flight. I, mean, I think it's yeah. like dropped seventy percent when I. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, uh, I like it because I don't like, I, I think the uh, centralization, uh, when the government has control of issuing a currency, then the, what they do is they use it to, uh, the, it, in the end, it ultimately gets politicized. You know, they use it yeah. to, you know, for their own. So it's like, okay, well, we got to keep interest rates down so we we'll float the market. It's, essentially, it's a way of taxing people because essentially what they do is they print more money for free. And the way they print it is they loan, they don't actually print out bills and say, hand that out to people. They, they say, well, we will loan you X amount at essentially zero rates, or we will, you can't, we'll, we'll go to these big banks, and it, it kind of filters through the, the Federal Reserve System, and it says, okay, you know, you um, can loan X amount on this, yeah. you know, that we're crediting you with, or whatever, and so then they can just make loans, and that's how the money gets out through the system, it filters out through the system. Anyway, um, but that, but as they, but the more money that happens that way, the less our dollars are worth. Right, which, right? but so that can't happen inflation. with Bitcoin, right? That cannot happen. And, but it was interesting, because I was telling my mum about it, I was explaining, like, Bitcoin, you know, trying to explain to her. And she was like, well, where do these coins come from? You know, where do they come from? And I was like, well, they take a computer and they just look at numbers for about a month and they try and find the right number and then bam, a Bitcoin comes into existence. And she thought that was just hilarious. This just useless task of creating a Bitcoin out of nothing, right? Yeah, that's an algorithm. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, I mean, it's, Bitcoin it's, it's so arbitrary, you know, as a concept, like, but basically to just, it's a virtual representation of actual mining. So anyway, it was just a really funny thing to talk about. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's crazy. Well, speaking of distributed, I got a few, I'm going to blitz through some topics. Okay, here, go on. Right? So, um, and there's a time, there's a title, a uh, topic, sorry, a story that was titled solar panels could destroy U.S. utilities according to U.S. utilities. So there is a report put up by the Edison Electric Institute, which is like a trade group representing all these utilities companies. And basically they did the research and were sending it out to their members of the trade group saying, hey, we have to be concerned about this. And what they're concerned about is that even though I guess solar panel stuff makes up less than 1%, you know, it's not affecting revenue to these utilities. It's sort of a joke, right? Mm -hmm. But they're saying, look, the way this, this could start a, a really negative feedback loop for us because it's growing. And when people are using it during daytime is when, especially when it's really sunny out, which is when peak utilization is for the utilities. And that's when they make the most money. Okay. So if you have a certain number of customers no longer using, um, no longer using the grid, using their own solar panels, right? That's costing them money. So when, uh, and, and utilities have fixed costs they, to build all of their, um, their power plants, right? And they can all, and um, so as there's more and more of these, uh, what they call uh, distributed energy resources, DERs, like solar panels, um, and you have more and more of these people not pulling from the grid, you're take, the, 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 um, the utility companies are losing money. 
And so what happens is that fixed cost that, that to build those plants has to be distributed over the remaining customers. So they have to tra- raise their prices for electricity for everybody else. But then everyone's going to go on to move into the solar panels because it's going to be cheaper. So it's going to be an, a positive feedback loop in that way. Yeah. Yeah. So it's part, so so and they said they were they were like you know this can be the same kind of thing as the telecommunications industry or you know all these other industries that get disrupted by like cell phones. Like ten years ago, who would have thought that everyone would be cutting their hard lines and just using cell phones? Yeah. You know, and it's and and. That could very likely happen because cell, these solar panels get every year they get a little more efficient, a little well, more. Why efficient don't they just them. switch to doing solar? Um, why don't a grid? Uh, you know, why I, don't I, utility companies go? Okay, this is the future, so now we're going to get involved in solar. Um, I, because I think in the, I mean, they, they may do that, but it's still, it's for them, it's still not price competitive. Solar is still probably not price competitive with natural gas and other things, or it's kind of and, and they have sunk cost, right? They have plants built on this stuff. They no, have I mean why billions of dollars invested in. This, okay, yeah, so, in, they, in so they have sunk cost. But what I mean is, why don't they open a branch where they will install solar panels on your roof, and then they'll collect electricity and any spare electricity you have feeds back into their grid. Well, that's that's essentially what they're what the I think what they're but the uh, doc in the research document was was suggesting that there has to be and I, actually I didn't read the document I just read the, the guy's review of it yeah. but he's saying look you know this is something we need to look at we're going to go the way of Kodak or, or RIM or one of these other companies that just got the, the disrupted and um, yeah because you know these these utility companies it's like a 30 day a 30 year payback of these and that's what and it's, it's this very old stodgy um you know, uh, industry that's not used to being disrupted or having to compete. They're, they're regulated monopolies. So they're not going to deal well with, with, um, competition. And that's why my biggest, I'm a big, big fan of solar city. Yeah. uh, I haven't talked about that. Have I on the show? So that's the other Elon Musk company other than SpaceX and Tesla. So my buddy, Mark, who is uh, it public? Yes. So you're investing in solar city. That's me. My next thing (laughs) I'm going to put, I'm it's the Elon Musk ETF. Well, Tesla's up. It was hit forty eight. It's up to forty four now. Yeah. Right. I mean, what did you buy at twenty seven? Uh, I I started buying at like twenty eight between twenty eight and thirty four. It's it probably dollar averaged in at like. So you've 32. almost doubled your money, is it? No, no. I mean, I probably dollar averaged in at like thirty two. Oh, okay. But I mean, again, this is my five to ten year investment, not yeah. or seven to ten year investment, not my not a six month investment. Um. So, but Solar City, the way they're doing it is okay. So my buddy Mark. Andrea, who's really bright guy, he's he's a uh, management consultant. He does he does a lot of this sort of uh, analysis and, and, and quantitative analysis of industries. So he'll, he he's great at just going out, finding the documents, getting the numbers out, cranking the numbers, and say here's here's what I think. And he's like, you know, Solar City looks on the surface like not that great because they're not profitable right now and everything. But what they do is they go on and they have an upfront fixed cost where they install these solar panels and. The um, it's over a ten year period or something like that. Like the the people who own the houses or whatever, essentially are renting or paying Solar City for it. But Solar City, it's like a bond. Like they end up making a lot more money over time, and and so it, it becomes this sort of um, this interesting sort of fixed income instrument where they're just going to be raking in cash within two or three years at this rate, and they're just like five times bigger than the next biggest installer, and they're the only one installer like that that's like in every region of the country or something that's going really national. They have a lot of competitors, but they're regional and they're smaller, and they don't have the same kind of um, capital access to capital and stuff. And I think Solar City is just going to be an absolute home run. But it's like just like they were talking about in this document about the uh, solar panels, how they could destroy the U.S. utilities, how 
they were saying in the document, and this is the trade association itself talking about how investors don't get it yet because they only look at revenue. Well, revenue is fine, right? We're good. Yeah, you don't have to worry yeah. about this thing. And it always looks that way. You know, RIM looking at the iPhone or, you know, whatever. We can lose a million examples. I mean, it's like, ah, it's, it's a joke. It's like things are happening structurally changing. It hasn't affected revenue yet. But when this happens, this is going to be the feedback loop that we have to look at. And um, the same is going to happen with, um, you know, with, with, uh, with you know, Solar City's business. I mean, it's just, and I think, I think it happens. It, it, okay, what I'm getting at is that ra- investors are not really rational. They can only look at surface numbers, and you have to look deeper. And um, you know that's what Mark was doing. He was looking at the business side, and he's like, "This looks really, really good." Because he's like me. Uh, Mark's a big fan of Tesla. He's been looking at the numbers and looking at everything. What do you think about the, the that article that blew up about um, who's the guy, the Berkshire Hathaway guy, but Warren Buffett? Yeah, yeah, Warren Buffett and some other guys who've basically completely pulled out of the stock market or all the, all the basics. Because they because they think that um, the stock market is going to lose ninety percent value. Where did you ninety percent of value? Where did you read that? Um, no, maybe maybe it was just some scammy article that I was reading. Yeah, that sounds kind of. I mean, there's a lot of people. There's a lot, there's doomsayers who say that kind yeah. of stuff all the time. I I don't know, and uh, I doubt. I don't think that. I would be seriously dubious uh, that um, Warren Buffett would be divesting from the stock market. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but. Um, you know, it's just like you were talking to me about, like, we were offline, and you were talking about you were worried about the North Korea stuff. Yeah. Because you know? all these people are talking about these, oh, North Korea and their missiles and stuff like that. And they're, they're like these crazy people and they have these missiles. Like, no, I didn't say I was worried about it. I just said, have you heard you about it? You were stressed about it. You were, you were, we were at lunch and you were literally wiping your head. You were really stressed about it. You were following the news, like most of the country. I don't think I was, I, I don't think it was quite you that. Were, but anyway, you were stressed. Okay. You're wiping your head. You're like, ah, oh, this is really worrying. Like, yeah. Where's the, and, and, and that's what, because that's the kind of stuff they're promoting, you know, going to CNN or wherever else. And there's like, oh, you know, North Korea and stuff. Well, you know, you know what we did to instigate that is like we, we do these military exercises um, with South Korea and I think even Japan and uh, Australia right off their coast with all our ships, mm-hmm. like right on their, you know, yeah. right on the border. I mean, what if, what if China came off right off Florida, right off LA and they're like, have all these, Aircraft carriers and they're just doing military exercises with yeah. Russia. Yeah, we would, we would be we flip would be mad. out. Yeah, right. And so you're like, it's these true. people are crazy. They're like, dude. And uh, <laughs> second of all, their their missiles. I mean, if you talk, if you actually read people who know what they're talking about, and not not the BS on CNN, is that the government is that like the Pentagon officials are kind of pushed because you know what happened with I what what what, what did we learn from Iraq? Don't believe. The hype. Were there any weapons mm. of mass destruction? Were there smallpox? Were there nuclear stuff? No, mm. nothing. And, and and how many trillions of dollars are we going to be in debt because of that? Two. How many Iraqis were killed? A million. Yeah. Yeah. Because people will leave the hype. Mm-hmm. You got to really dig in, and, and you can't just <clears throat> you cannot just you know believe what you read, what you hear on CNN and in the thirty second clips. You have to look at the you have to look at the details. And do you have any letters from the dark side? No, but just I'm, to close I'm the show. no, but I'm just say this one thing They're about North Korea. About North Korea, you know, they don't have anything that can reach the U.S. They do not have. There's been no proof, no proof that they're that they can mount a nuclear weapon on some kind of a missile that could even reach the U.S. Yeah, it's just crap. Even it was one of the intelligence agencies, the uh, defense intelligence, the DIA, that said that they they had some information. They thought something. They think it's rhetoric, right? Yeah, it's just. I mean, let's just. Um, you know, they're just trying to. They want to back us off, right? Because we're out there doing like uh, military exercises, and you know, we're not exactly trying to disarm the situation. Well, Adam Curry and and John Dvorak were saying that basically 
the whole thing, Adam Curry was taking this seriously, that the whole thing was a setup. Basically, they, we sent Dennis Rodman over there and we to whisper in, in the guy's ear to, to say this about attacking on the president because they were promoting that film, um, the, the, the uh, Olympus Has Fallen. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's saying, look, it was, just, it was just a stunt to promote the, the Hollywood movie, which basically is that exact scenario where North Korea sends a missile Ugh, onto the, and blows up the funny. White House. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they're, they're a useful... The, the, the defense industry, the military-industrial complex, the Pentagon, I mean, people have to... Um, they have to validate their existence. Mm. I mean, why do we spend trillions of dollars and, on this stuff? And why do always people... And, and you need enemies. You need boogeymen. You need terrorists. You need to. You need to. You need to inflate the dangers of these of these um, you know enemies, so that they can we can, just, can continue to spend on stuff. Well, I'm just looking at WarrenBuffett.com, and, and today they released a press release saying that Berkshire Hathaway has surpassed Google in market cap. Well, and Berkshire Hathaway is what a stock. Well, he's not divested from Berkshire Hathaway, right? <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Berkshire Hathaway has holdings and all these other stocks. I mean, that itself is a stock, but I mean, I don't know what. And then there may be truth that they've divested from certain industries or they have, they moved some money into cash. Who knows? Hmm. But I can't imagine they moved too much into cash because, um, you know, the returns on cash are so low. I mean, that, that's not something he would do. So Newsmax, yeah, Newsmax is a, is a bullshit um source okay i wouldn't uh i wouldn't give that a whole lot of i mean it's not you know crazy joe's website right but um newsmax is kind of um yeah okay i wouldn't uh i wouldn't take that too seriously all right Uh, i mean if you're looking at something like that go to go to uh go to bloomberg or Mm. or something like that you want to look about the actual if if they're not talking about that in bloomberg it probably isn't happening moneynews.com well, we'll see. So, billionaire dumps stocks. Economist knows why. Well, who knows how much he's dumped? I'm sure he's dumped some. I, th- I think this is like an infomercial. I think that they're basically trying to sell something. It, yeah, that is. Uh, that's like I said, I think this is bullshit. That's my, my bullshit detector is going off. Okay, on fair <laughs> Don't get worried. All right. We're that, the stock market is not going to pull in 90% and uh, nuclear in Korea is not going to nuke us. Think All right. I think you're safe. Well, I got to roll. I got to go to Kobe's baseball game now. Sandy's already going to. Get upset and be upset with that. All right, well, enjoy the enjoy the game. Awesome. All right, man. It's uh, good getting back in the saddle here. Yeah. The show gone. All right, that's a wrap. We're out.